but are you doing a beer chaser? Uh, yeah. Is that okay? No, I'm just surprised. You gotta pour the beer into the eggnog. That, that's the rule. Be, I'd throw up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the rule. Uh, but just getting back to the <clears throat> Jeffrey the Giraffe story, oh, Gigi uh, thought that it was implied that Jeffrey the Giraffe was gay. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way, just that Jeffrey the Giraffe was gay. Jeffrey the Giraffe was a notorious homosexual. <laughs> Are you recording this? This is being recorded. We've been recording for a few minutes. Okay. Now, yeah. So, <laughs> Jeffrey the Giraffe used to cruise Santa Monica Boulevard back in the day. And I, I'm picturing the, like... He was looking for Charlie the Chicken Hawk. I'm picturing the, like, VH1 <laughs> behind the music style documentary, and you're yeah. getting interviewed, and it's like, well, everyone knew that Jeffrey the Giraffe was gay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's another I mean, fact was, that he was given BJ's and, you know, back behind the alley. Sure. It was the worst BJ's. kept secret in all of Hollywood. <laughs> what do you think he used what? that long neck for? <laughs> was, was he in Stranger by the Lake? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it's funny. <laughs> Stran- do you have not seen Stranger by the Lake? No. That's uh, uh, like a French indie thriller. Mm. Um I think he was the original choice for Man Without Face before they went with Mel Gibson, Mm. though. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go here. I'm sorry. I want to know why Gigi thought it was implied that he was gay. I'm not sure. It might have just been his voice. Because the parents would be like, well, do they have this at Toys R Us? Do they have that at Toys R Us? And he'd come on and be like, yeah, we got that. Why, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gay, by the way. I'm folks, offended. If you're listening to this yes. and you're upset by that, I'm a gay man, so. <laughs> so it's Okay. <laughs> Well, I won't. I won't do it. <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, I, I posted a picture on Instagram, me in a, uh, a wig recently, and uh, a friend of mine said, you look like Gandalf the Gay. Mm-hmm. And I said, you shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh... Did you? Oh, God, it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> you don't like it. <laughs> has the eggnog, Dennis? It's uh, it's mighty tasty. I think after maybe four or five more sips, it'll be great. Yeah. But well, it's the holidays, so I figured we should have some eggnog, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we're recording. Should we get started? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. How's, yeah. How's our levels? Everyone look good when they talk. Could you lean in a little bit, Dennis, and say uh, a few words? A few words by Dennis Hunter. That looks great. Uh, Dan? Yeah, I'm uh, talking right now about how I would speak if I were speaking on the show. How's it sound? Should I get closer? Maybe just a tad closer. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm speaking now as if I were speaking on the show. How's it sound? Looks good. Yeah. And I look pretty good, too. Uh, well, yes, hello, and welcome to 2002 of Film Odyssey, the podcast where films are discussed, specifically the films of the year 2002. 
I'm one of your hosts. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. And uh, Dan, did you want to introduce our uh, our guest for today's episode? Yeah, we've got our uh, our first ever returning guest, uh, and so far our only guest on the show, uh, Dennis Hunter's back. Hello, everybody. How you doing, Dennis? I'm well, thank you. Hi, Dennis. Uh, I was actually referring to our other guest, uh, Indrid Cold, is over there in the corner. Oh, am, I, am I the only one that can see Indrid Cold? <laughs> Nobody can see Indrid Cold? <laughs> uh, that, of course, is a reference to the movie we're about to talk about, uh, The Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> yep. I, I'm not sure if I remember that. I might have been dozing off. Thank you. I said that to Andrew when he brought up Indrid Cold. I was like, you, it was, that was in the movie? Andrew, yeah. Andrew, Andrew was laser-focused when he watched <laughs> Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> Indrid, Indrid Cold is a... Central character in the Mothman prophecies. Yeah, uh, I had to go back and rewatch that again to pick it up because I just it went way over my head. Well, and I had seen it many years ago too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw it years ago, but this is my first time rewatching uh, mm-hmm. for this show. Yeah. Well, uh, we should probably just explain where we left off, right, with the release calendar. For yeah, those that is, are keeping track, this is the last uh, day of January. These are the last. Yeah, uh, we're, this is the last batch of releases that we're on right now. Right, we're still on January twenty fifth, two thousand two. Right, for our film Odyssey, uh, and today we'll be talking about the Mothman prophecies and another film, which is storytelling, the Todd Salons film, uh, and then we've got one more. And then we're out of January. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, should we hop right into Mothman, or should we should we relax a little bit and talk uh, about some other films that we've seen? Let's, let's talk about some... I, I mean, I think I've seen some interesting stuff recently. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have watched something good. We can, we can yeah. talk a little bit about that. Dennis, what, what have you watched recently? Anything cool? I finally saw Dune. Uh-huh. I went to the theaters to see that, and I liked it a lot. Um, I got to see Oscar Isaac's uh, cock sock. He, was, <laughs> he, he did a Q&A. He did a Q&A <laughs> at the Warner Brothers studio where I saw it, and he decided to bring that with him and share it with the audience. It was fascinating. This was part of his costume. I, I, he has the nude scene where he's beat up and at the table uh, right before. Spoiler alert, he's... Uh, he kills and he's he's nude behind the table so they were talking about that the interviewer uh i can't remember the guy's name uh, wanted to know all about his mm-hmm. uh level of comfort mm-hmm. while being naked so yeah. he brought that out to show why he was so relaxed about it why he could just kind <laughs> of lay back and not oscar isaac good looking guy yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think so I've, yeah yeah i think he and uh James Brolin, James Brolin, Jesus Christ, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> Josh, Josh Brolin, yeah. Josh Brolin. Uh, you know, I thought they were great in it, both of them. Yeah, they, they did terrific jobs. You know, I also thought Josh Brolin was yeah. a pretty good in the movie. Mm. You, you thought he was. Just uh, okay. I mean, I, I, I like Josh Brolin. My qualms with Josh Brolin in that movie are more that Gurney Halleck doesn't really have a whole lot to do in that movie. Kind of just like runs away towards some ships and then you don't ever see him again for the rest of the well, movie. So. Do, you, do you know 
Dune? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. know already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I can't wait for the second half to show up because mm-hmm. I know Stellan Skargard is going to... Is that how you say his last name? Skarsgård. Scars, yeah. There's, there's several scars. They're yeah. plural scars. Guards. Um, he's going to chew up the... Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see... The second half. I can't wait to see who they cast as uh, Fade. Yeah. Uh, which was... It, any of our listeners aren't aware. That, that's Sting's character in the Lynch mm-hmm. Dune. Yeah. Uh, Sting is terrible in that. Oh, maybe, he's awful. Maybe they'll cast really Sting. <laughs> see if he can redeem himself. Yeah. I don't want to see him in a cod piece. <laughs> now. Well, <laughs> well, the Harkonnens look way different in the in the yeah. Villeneuve uh, uh, Dune than they do the Lynch Dune. Oh, you know what? Andrew, Andrew was, and I were talking about a movie I did. Uh, my very first film that I ever did called uh, Outlaw Force. <laughs> and amongst the many stars, such as Frank Stallone, that are in it, Paul Smith mm-hmm. is in that. And he he was the other uh, brother of the, or son of the, the Baron in David Lynch's Dune. Oh, really? Yeah. Paul Smith, yeah. Oh, okay. He was also Bluto in Popeye. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Very so nice. he's, a, he's an Outlaw Force as well. I had no scenes with him, but... Well, we gotta watch Outlaw Force. No, you don't. <laughs> I gotta track it down. Mm-hmm. When you told me that, I looked the VHS up, and it was like $55. It would be so worth it for you to buy that. And <laughs> I'm down. I, I have it. I have it somewhere. I'll find it for you. Uh, well, let me borrow it. Well, uh, what else have you watched besides Dune? Um, Tammy and the T-Rex. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I that- finally... Got to see that. That just got a Blu-ray release, That's, right? I watched it on. Yeah, Vinegar Syndrome put mm-hmm. it out. Um, did you know that uh, Denise Richards, the character's original name was Tanny? It no. Was, the movie was called Tanny and the Teenage <laughs> T-Rex originally. And for some reason, they didn't change her title card at the top of the movie. It says, starring Denise Richards as Tanny. <laughs> for the rest of the movie, they're calling her Tanny. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a really well-run uh, production. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really odd movie. It's by the guy that made Mac and Me, so mm-hmm. you know it's bad. <laughs> but it's, it's a comedy that's not funny, but it's hysterical. You know, because you're—I mean—you're laughing at just how awful it is, but the, the jokes fall flat. You know, and it, it's just—it's bad. It's really bad. Well, we—we we should probably do a movie night and watch it. Okay. I know friends of ours have tried to initiate movie yeah. nights where we watch Tammy and the T Rex. Yeah. So we should probably watch it at some point. Well, we also talked about watching Exorcist Two recently. Hmm. Which so I, I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. I will watch mm-hmm. it again and again. Good soundtrack. The best soundtrack mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> really cool soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you played that for me for the first time recently, Dennis, and I really, really liked it. Yeah, it's Morricone. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, trying to think of something I recently watched. Uh, I mean, I've seen it before, but we watched uh, Dead Bang last night with Don Johnson. Dead Bang ruled. Uh, it's Don Johnson versus Nazis at Christmas time, which mm-hmm. is like <laughs> the greatest one sentence pitch you could give me. Mm-hmm. Like, is is he a cowboy in that? He's an L.A. cop. 
Yeah. Okay. At one, does he wear a duster or something? He yes. Yeah. Eventually he does. Okay. When he gets, At one point, yeah, yeah. When he gets to Oklahoma. He's an LA cop. <laughs> he's an LA cop who chases a, a group of. Oh. I'm having burning eggnog and fireball coming through my nose. Uh, he chases a group of uh, white supremacists across the I country do remember it. to I remember Oklahoma. It. Yeah. Um, the probably one of the funniest things I've seen in a movie in a long time is when he pukes on that perp in L.A. That is because a, he's so hungover. That is a very funny scene. I yeah. think very well, uh, well edited and good, uh, good sound mixing. Who directed that? John Frankenheimer. Yeah. 80s Frankenheimer. Oof. Frankenheimer. Uh, that, I mean, that movie's good. For what, I mean, maybe not really, but for what it is, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 52 Pickup, that's another 80s Frankenheimer. I I love that one. Yeah. I prefer Dead Bang of the two, but. You know, with. Manchurian Candidate in seconds. I know we talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. And then you, you go forth to the 80s. It's like, what the hell, Frank and I are? What happened? I mean, it is funny that I've uh, not seen seconds or the Manchurian Candidate, but I've seen Dead Bang. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dead Bang rules. Okay. And uh, so does seconds and the Manchurian Candidate. In different ways. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what else came out in the 80s, Frankenheimer-wise? Do you know off the top of your head? No worries if you don't. We it, can... it wasn't much. We looked it up yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't much. I think much. he only did like three movies in the 80s. Yeah. Hmm. And then the 90s. What about in the 70s? What did he do? Was Cassandra crossing his? Uh, I do not know. No, I don't think um, so. Well, here. I pulled French up. Connection <laughs> 2 was in the 70s. I pulled up Frankenheimer's... Filmography. We can mm. go. We can go in reverse order uh, from Reindeer Games, which was the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. Sure. They did Ronin in nineteen ninety eight, mm-hmm. killer movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did The Island of Doctor Moreau in ninety six. Yep. And then he did. Well, he did a couple of TV movies in the nineties. Um, year of the Gun. Uh, I don't know what that is. Because that's not Way of the Gun. No. That's Year of the Gun. <laughs> year of the Gun. That's not Year of the Dragon. No. Because that's... Is it uh, Way of the Dragon? It looks like it's a... Uh, it's an action movie starring Andrew McCarthy and Sharon Stone. Yeah. Pass. Uh-oh. From 91. Uh, Sounds bad. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not, but... He did uh, a movie in 1990 called The Fourth War. With Roy Scheider and Gurgen Prouch now. Good cast. Uh, Cold War drama. About two gung-ho border commanders. <laughs> that's what the... I mean, it sounds good to me. Yeah. Says. Uh, you just say the, that, that to me and I'd watch it. It also has the uh, uncle from Sister Sister in it, who's of course in Dead Bang. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dead Bang was 1989, the year before that. Uh, 52 Pickup in 86, The Holecraft Covenant, or Holecroft Covenant in 85 with Michael Caine, mm-hmm. uh, The Challenge in 1982. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Prophecy, Oh, my God. Have you seen that? I have not. I'm familiar with it, but I've never seen it. It's wacky. It's wacky. It's the one with Talia Shire. 
and the giant mutated bear. Mm-hmm. Armando Sante. Armando Sante uh, plays a Native American. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Black Sunday in 77. Oh, okay. There you That's go. That's all right. That's all right. What year was Black Sunday? 77. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, French Connection 2 in mm-hmm. 75. A dog. Hmm? That's a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Something yeah. called 99 and 44 out of 100% dead. That, sound, that uh, sounds like a working title for uh, something it's else. Some, uh, it's from 74. Uh, it only has 732 ratings on IMDb. has Richard Harris in it, but I don't know where this got released. It doesn't look like it really got... Hmm. Much of a release. Uh, the Iceman Cometh in 73. Never, never seen it. Uh, story of a Love Story. Mm-mm. Don't know what that is. Uh, the Horseman. Uh, I Walk the Line. No. These are all so, theatrically released games. Yeah, huh. This one has Gregory Peck and Tuesday Weld in it. Oh. Uh... That's from 1970. Uh, the Gypsy Moths. <laughs> no. That, that's rated mature. That's rated M. <laughs> um, that has uh, Gene Hackman in it. Huh. Gene Hackman, Burt Lancaster. Interesting. Well, Burt Lancaster was kind of his dude for a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the, yeah. the train was that one. The train's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Frankenheim has some great stuff, but he's got... Really- Turkeys, too. The expertly titled The Extraordinary Seaman. Uh, about <laughs> Seaman. <laughs> what, what's funny about that? Why is that so funny? Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it just caught me off guard. I guess if you're 10 years old, it's hilarious. <laughs> Extraordinary Seaman. <laughs> uh, what, what's next? Uh, the Fixer. Uh-huh. Grand Prix. Mm-mm. Grand Prix is with... Uh, James Garner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some of Grand Prix. Yeah, that's, I don't think it's watchable. Toshiro Mifune. Yeah. Rare... Uh, or am I confusing that with Le Mans? Maybe I'm confusing it with Le Mans. What's the one with the split screen that was actually filmed out of real... Uh, I, Grand Prix or, or Le Mans race? I thought that was Grand Prix. If it's I'm, not, then I'm as confused as no, you are. I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking it's Le Mans with the Steve McQueen movie. Mm. I think that was actually filmed at a... What's the one with... Uh, I think Grand Prix has a decent reputation. I haven't seen it, yeah, but... Maybe. What's the one with Kenny Rogers? Six Pack. Six Pack. <laughs> <laughs> and Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. I got that for Dan one year for his birthday, and I think <laughs> he... The best I'm going to say he never watched it. Absolutely never <laughs> watched it. Instantly uh, <laughs> uh, returned it. <laughs> uh, after, or before Grand Prix, actually same year as Grand Prix, he did Seconds, so good year. That's that's a top contender. Uh, the Train in 64. That's a nice little run right there. And yeah, before that was I think now we're getting into... Yeah. yeah. Solid Frankenheimer. Yeah. Uh, I took a solid Frankenheimer a little earlier. <laughs> uh, seven days in May. Okay. Uh, All right. That's for the, Lancaster. Uh, the nuclear yeah. threat, the Cuba threat. That's okay. 
Kennedy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Manchurian Candidate in 62. Birdman of Alcatraz also in 62. Yeah, mm-hmm. he liked Burt Lancaster. Yeah. Burt Lancaster was in all those. Wow, what a busy two- 62. I almost said 2002. <laughs> uh, all Fall Down was also 62. I don't really know what that is. Ooh. That's a Warren Beatty and uh, Ava Marie Saint and Angela Lansbury, Carl Malden. No, I don't know That's what that is. Big cast. Can, can you guys start a new segment where we recommend people watch a classic film? Sure. Oh, offset okay. watching I'm the Mothman Prophecies. Yeah, yeah what, what, what do you recommend, Dennis? Prophecies. I'm going to go back in time and recommend a Burt Lancaster movie called The Swimmer. If you've never seen The Swimmer, uh-huh. go see that or rent it, stream it. It's phenomenal. phenomenal. Okay. I've, I've never seen it. Your mind will be blown by it. And Burt okay. Lancaster is fantastic in it. Recommend mm-hmm. it. The Birdman of Alcatraz. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is the Birdman of Alcatraz. He is. Of He's fine in that. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, swimmer. The Swimmer. It's a okay. John Updike story. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, that was, that's that's about... That's the gist of Frank and I. Yeah. You watch anything else, Andrew? Uh, I think uh, it was that, and then uh, the last thing I saw in theaters was... Licorice Pizza. Right. Which had a very limited release mm-hmm. uh, on the 26th. I saw it on my birthday, November 28th. Uh, I probably shouldn't spoil too much because nobody's really seen it except you, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Not you, Dennis. Nope. Um, uh, wonderful movie. Excellent. That That's all I'll really say about it. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson's, in my opinion, just the the best. That's all I have to say. And uh, I love all of his movies, and this does not disappoint. Well, I got nothing to say. I'm yeah, you haven't seen it, so what are you going to say? I don't. I don't want to say anything. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, we gotta you gotta marinate on your ranking and uh, your updated rankings. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll rank. Oh, uh, rank rankings PTS, for PTA. You know? That yeah. that's a very hard one for me, just yeah. because I think they're for all sure. excellent. But, but definitely, you know, think on it, keep yeah. it in your mind, and we'll we'll come back to that. Wait, even the Phantom Thread? You think that's? Yes, <laughs> Dennis. I think the Phantom Thread is fine. It's well, fine. I disagree and think it's uh, <laughs> excellent. Okay. Uh, for me, that's not. I mean, I love the Phantom Thread. Also, that's not his like one that I think is like okay. Um, for me, that's Inherent Vice. I think that's like the most yeah. like all right. I like that movie, but it, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, his uh, filmography to me. Yeah, I think that movie's really good. Inherent Vice, that is. But it it's a little different than his other movies because he didn't... Uh, it's not an original story. Right. Yeah. But quite good. Um, yeah, Licorice Pizza. Best movie of the year. Yeah, for mm, sure. I'm going to have to disagree with you. Well, you haven't seen it, so you can't uh, still disagree. Well, what's your number one? Number one of the year. Malignant. Okay, well. Oh, yeah, you watched that recently. Yeah, I've seen it. Malignant. I loved it. The second half of that movie is so bonkers and oh, fun. Oh, my God, that's the yeah. best thing about it. 
Uh, I haven't seen it, so I should yeah. I should watch it. I'll have, to, I'll have to look at my list and see what else I've seen. There, there was something else that was at number one for a long time, and it still may be. But well, we are we are planning uh, no date or anything yet, but we are planning a 2021 best of episode. Yeah, we'll do a wrap up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll phone in my. Uh, <laughs> You'll my, call my top ten. I'll call, <laughs> and you can you can play the recording of my top ten. We should do a call-in show, like a, like a morning zoo DJ yeah. thing. St. Louis on the line. Go ahead. <laughs> Wolfman and the fart. <laughs> uh, Am I the fart? <laughs> I, I can be the fart if you want me to be. Uh, well, I've watched Dead Bang and Liquor Pizza as well. Um, I also watched OJ Made in America, mm. the entire documentary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, incredible. Really good. Um, I also rewatched Jaws on a whim, which, mm-hmm. I mean, Jaws rules. These I, are all great I movies. I think that is perfect. That yeah. movie is perfect. Jaws is a perfect movie. And also the part where, um, uh, Richard Dreyfus is talking about tiger sharks and that guy says... A what? It's like the funniest <laughs> yeah. thing in a movie it ever. Me. It's so good. I'm, that needs to be uh, a, a gift. Somebody needs yeah. to make the guy just I mean, a I'm, what? I'm surprised that that scene doesn't have like more of a I don't know like a not like not a following, but like people don't talk about that scene when they think about jobs. Right. Right? That seems so funny to me. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then I also rewatched uh, The World Is Not Enough, the mm. Brosnan Bond, which uh, is not very good. Well, you named all great movies up until that point. Was that the Jonathan Price? That's the no. uh, Robert, Robert Carlyle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's got he, the brain launch. can feel or pain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. With uh, Denise Richards as Dr. Christmas Jones, the uh-huh. nuclear yeah. physicist. Yep. Uh, yeah, that movie's not good. She was much more believable in that than she was in Tanny and the (laughs) T-Rex. Yeah, right. That's two Denise Richards movies tonight. I didn't really think about that. What are the odds of that? Because she can't, I mean, she doesn't have that prolific of a movie career. What a range. Yeah, but around that time she was in a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess Starship Troopers era. Mm -hmm. Wild Things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else that I've rewatched recently. I think that's about it. Because I just saw the two Anderson movies in theaters, French Dispatch and Licorice Pizza, back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. I I still... There's a couple things out I want to go see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see House of Gucci, just because I've seen some clips that make it look pretty wild. Uh, and I want to see uh, the Mike Mills movie, Come On, Come On. Mm-hmm. Can we roll back to Anderson for a second? Sure. Yeah, I, I which which you, one? Uh, PT. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think you guys know, but I don't think a lot of people know who his dad was. Uh, I do. Yeah. I didn't know until like maybe six months ago who the, his dad was. The voice of ABC, right? No, his dad. Well, maybe maybe that was something he did as well. But oh. his dad was famous when I was a kid for hosting a late-night horror TV show mm, as yeah. a character called Goulardi. Right. And I used to love Goulardi. Mm-hmm. You know, I he was, like, my favorite thing in the world yeah. when I was, like, 10, 11, 12 years old. Right. Uh, and later, he was just known as the Ghoul. This was in uh, Detroit. I think it was out of Cleveland is where he was broadcasting mm-hmm. from, but I was living in Detroit. It just blew my mind to find out that was his dad. Yeah. 
yeah, grew up around showbiz. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, without spoiling anything, like, Licorice Pizza is very much about, like, a kid that's super close to the industry and mm. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's a fun watch. And it's, it, it, without saying it's autobiographical, you definitely get the sense that a lot of the stuff yeah. comes from, you know, real stuff that might have happened to him as a kid. I mean, some of it is just so specific mm-hmm. that, I mean, you you'd have to jump to that conclusion, but it's a, you have to see a dance. Right, Very good. Yeah. When's it, when's it, it's like Christmas, right? Uh, it Christmas it opens release. wide. Yeah. 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 We went to the, the Fox, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah. Right across from the Bruin. Yep. Which you see in the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was funny. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we saw it in 70mm. Mm-hmm. It looked beautiful. Yeah. Packed house, pretty much. Packed house. They were checking vaccination status, which I hadn't done that at a movie, just because I've only been to, like, small theaters around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, that made me feel better, <clears throat> just because it was, it was a ton of people. It was easily yeah. the largest gathering I'd been to in, like, two years. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I wore a pretty heavy-duty mask. Yeah, for that one. Yeah, I kept my mask up the whole time too. But yeah, great stuff. Yeah, I also watched uh, two 2002 movies, Mothman <laughs> Prophecies and Storytelling. Yeah, should we yeah. get into so those? We, speaking of great movies, we can move right on to Mothman Prophecies, right? Uh, <laughs> now Dennis is nodding solemnly. Uh, did so? Who saw the Mothman prophecies in theaters? Because I did opening night. I I don't know that I saw the opening night, but I did see it in theaters. Yeah, uh, I saw it on DVD. Okay, so yeah, I, I've talked about it before. I, I watched a lot of movies from this era on DVD mm-hmm. instead of theaters. So. Yeah. Uh, so we all saw it when it pretty much just came out. Did we all like it at the time? At, at the time, I thought it. I thought it was okay. I didn't. I didn't. I, am I going to give a spoiler if I say my feeling for it now? Uh, no. Oh, no, okay. yeah. Go for it. I I could barely get through it this time. I really <laughs> disliked it, and uh, I don't remember feeling that when I saw it at the theaters. Okay. I thought I felt it was like okay, all right, all right, all right, I get it. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. So you were looking forward to rewatching it, and then when you rewatched yes. it, yes, didn't. Like, Enjoy. No. Okay. Not in the least. And Dan, you? Uh, I don't really remember how I felt about it. I mean, okay, so when we did our big ranking project over Zoom, where we ranked all the years, I had Mothman, like, really low on my list. Like, really low. Like, bottom 10 for yeah. 2002. And I, I don't think it's that bad now, having mm-hmm. rewatched it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't really recall how I felt about it at the time. I think I thought it was, like, fine. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, over over the years, I guess I just remembered it being terrible. And then I'm rewatching it. It wasn't ter. I didn't like, think it was terrible. Yeah, no. But I thought it was, like, very boring. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I saw it in theaters, and at the time, I thought it was pretty good. And, uh, I gotta say, it is a movie I have seen quite a few times. 
Okay. Uh, that being said, it's not great. Like, I've always thought it was just, like, all right. Mm-hmm. But... I don't disagree with you there. It's very, very all right. Uh, yeah, it's it's super competently made. Like, you don't watch it and... You, I mean, I guess some of the, like, the, like, Mothman jump cuts and stuff are <laughs> yeah. pretty corny. But other than that, like, yeah. it's not... Yeah, you feel like you're watching a movie that was... When you, when you made. say Mothman jump cuts, are you just talking about, <laughs> like, two red eyes? Just yeah. I, I, know, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I was... Uh, when I said I've seen it, like, a few times, I've, for some reason, seen this movie a lot. Yeah. Like, a ton of times. Uh, yeah, you're probably talking Is it about... one when, of those that, if you're flipping stations and it's on, you exactly. will watch exactly. a cable wow. TV yeah. movie. Or even <laughs> if I see that it's been recently added to some app, I'll yeah. be like, all right, Mothman, okay. <laughs> that's weird. But that's that's just me, I guess. Uh, I guess how I've always viewed it is that it's kind of... And I think we've talked about this before, Dennis, is that it's like a a pretty good, like, X-Files episode or mm-hmm. a pretty good X-Files movie. Yeah. Uh, and that it's like a monster of the week kind of thing. But also, like, uh, this most recent time I watched it, I realized that it's also kind of like... Uh, a Law and Order episode meets hmm. X-Files in that it's, like, a sort of a procedural. And I think that's why, like, if I see that it's on, I'll be like, all right, I'll follow this for a little bit. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Um, I think it has the vibe of it. I don't, I don't it, it has the how, vibe. How it's a procedural, but it has a procedural In that he, uh, the main character, is a uh, an investigator of sorts. He's a reporter. Yeah, right? I, I wish it went more into the journalism aspect right. of it. But it starts out with him, be, you know, interviewing the townspeople and being like, well, what did you see? What hmm. What did you see here? Obviously, it gets a little... It strays from that path a little bit, but... Um, yeah. But I... But he's not an outsider, like, in a, in a procedural, a cop. Right. an outsider coming yeah. in. This. He is directly involved. Sure. Uh, I... We'll get into this, but I do think it's a very, like, m- messy movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what this movie is trying to say, like, subtextually, but... Should we get into the just like a brief synopsis of the movie? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, uh, it's about a Mothman. <laughs> um, it is about a Mothman. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, it's Richard Gears, an investigative reporter, yeah, whose wife dies very suddenly, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Uh, he is going to... She had visions. She had visions, she had visions. right. And yeah. She, uh... So, so it opens... Richard Gere is a, uh... Yeah, he's like a political reporter for the Washington Post, right? And, uh... Pre-Bezos era Washington yeah. Post. <laughs> right. And, uh... uh <clears throat> he, he leaves work and he goes to, uh... uh like go house hunting with his wife, played by Deborah Messing. I'm sorry. The scene where they like are fucking in the closet uh-huh. and then shut the 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 closet door mm-hmm. on the real estate guy is insane. Mm-hmm. That is insane people behavior. I don't yeah. care how in love you are. <laughs> that is so weird. <laughs> yeah. right, I mean, they're not 
They're not fucking, but it's. I mean, very. Intimate. I think they are actually. I mean, yeah, they I, might. I thought, yeah. I thought they were. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is a weird. A little bit of an age difference there, right? Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. A little bit. I don't think it's like worrisome. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, not not like illegal, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I would say twenty. Right? No. Well, we can we can look, but also she's over (laughs) thirty. I think in that movie, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's look it up. I think she might be a little young for Richard Gere. Deborah Messing was born in '68. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. that's a bigger difference. He was Richard born in 1934, probably... I think. Is that right? Richard Gere. 49. 49. <laughs> I was going to say 34. Yeah. He was born in 49, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he was older than that. 19 year joke. age difference. 19. I said 20. Okay, so 20. I was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking 10, but yeah, okay. I guess he's... I think Richard Gere plays a little younger. He's a good looking guy. He's a little younger, and... Um, I don't think that's a big deal, to, you know. Yeah, I mean, fifteen well, to twenty years between six, men and women. Sixty-eight. This was this came out in two thousand two, obviously. Mm-hmm. So what? She was thirty-four, right? Yeah. They're filming probably thirty-three. Yeah. I yeah. Man, I don't think that's. I don't. I mean, uh, without getting <laughs> into like the whole sexual <laughs> politics of like age difference and stuff, but I mean. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably fine. Right. Uh, so yeah, they're they're house hunting. They they buy a big house, and then they're they're driving home from this, and she sees a Mothman. A Mothman. She sees a, a vision and uh, crashes the car. And then when she's in the hospital, they uh, they determine the doctors determine that she has uh, a brain tumor. Yeah. Yeah, and she's inoperable. A super rare brain tumor, um, too. Like glioblastoma. Her, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So she's not got long. And she dies pretty early on. But while she's dang in the hospital, she's making these drawings. Yeah. She's drawing, uh, basically like, uh,. <laughs> A Mothman. Like, uh, like doom metal cover art. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, uh, yeah, she's drawing the Mothman, and uh, Richard Gere sees these, and he's like, well, what's this? <laughs> That's what he said. That was, pretty, that was a pretty good Richard yeah. Gere. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he thinks, well, something's not right here, and then it jumps ahead a couple years. Mm-hmm. After and she has died, he's big old depressy bird. He's very depressed. He doesn't want to date anybody. Yeah. He's yeah, his his buddy and his newsroom buddies like trying to set him up on yeah. dates and stuff. He's he like, wanders around his house a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he just um, like in a fugue state mm-hmm. drives to uh, West Virginia. Uh, well, he's. He, he's going to Virginia. Uh, is he going to Virginia or I, was he sent on an assignment? He, he, he just kind of he is yeah. on an assignment. Like he's going to interview uh, a governor. Yeah, but I can't so remember. Maybe Scotty that's about to run for somewhere. president. Yeah, and he somehow winds up. Yeah, in West Virginia yeah. without yeah. realizing, and he has no recollection of driving to West Virginia. Right, and this is where he, you know, he kind of realizes that something's not right in this particular town, which is Point Pleasant. 
uh, as played in the film by Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, which is also playing Washington, D.C. in this movie. This whole oh, really? movie was shot in Pittsburgh. <laughs> okay. And yeah, Pittsburgh is doubling that. for both. Wow. Uh, yeah, at one point you can see, like, the famous Masonic Temple yeah. in Pittsburgh, like, in what's supposed to be Washington, D.C. I mean, they shot, obviously, the urban parts for well, Washington, D.C. They have a Masonic Temple in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I did. I, I, I was doing a little bit of research, and apparently it's... It's the famous Pittsburgh one that okay. you see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the urban parts were shot that's meant to be Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the urban Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah, part yeah. of Pittsburgh. And then, I guess, more rural Pittsburgh is uh, West Virginia, Point Pleasant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of the, like, the city or the town where they filmed this movie. But I looked it up before, and it was like... An hour away from... I think it's the same area that they did Night of Living Dead. Oh, that would make sense. I think so. Yeah. I think the original Night of Living Dead was filmed right now. Yeah. It's that about an was. hour away from where my dad grew up, which is Aspenwall. Ghost Dealers. Yeah. Ghost Dealers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all all Yin's Mothmans. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the terminology. I'm <laughs> but does, does he realize that he's in West Virginia before he meets Will Patton and his wife? No. But finding yeah. out that he's in West Virginia so, comes in the next scene. Yeah. So, so there's uh, more weirdness before. Right. I think right when Laura Linney shows up, that's so, when he realizes. So, yeah, he, he doesn't really know where he is when he drives to West Virginia. And he, his car dies. His car breaks down, yeah. And uh, his watch also stops working. Mm-hmm. And... Then he, he gets out of the car and he goes to like a nearby house to ask if he could use the phone of the people that live there. Which that's like it's like the middle of the night, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty late at night. I mean, I think even if my car broke down, I probably wouldn't just knock no. on some strangers' <laughs> house, sleeping in the car. And yeah, uh, yeah, and um, it's not even at this point. I think he realizes he's in West Virginia. I think he still doesn't know where he is, but. He goes to this strange house, and uh, Will Patton opens the door. And he's got a shotgun. He's got a face. shotgun, and he uh, is pretty v- violent and aggressive with Richard Gere. And he uh, he puts him in his bathtub, right, and holds him hostage. <laughs> Wouldn't you if Richard yeah. Gere showed up? <laughs> Will Patton going very hard on the Will Pattonness yeah. of yeah. it all. Yeah. Like uh, I like Will Patton. And I oh, like him. Yeah, I, I like him in this movie too. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite Will Patton performances is Gone in sixty seconds. Oh sure, uh, which is not a good movie, but <laughs> uh, it's it's classic Will Patton. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Will Patton's cool. He's, I love him in After Hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also good in uh, Meek's Cutoff. Yeah, M- a more recent Will Patton. I want to see that one. Yeah. Um, but right. Will Patton keeps insisting that uh, Richard Gere has shown up at his door for two nights in a row, three nights in I a row? I think this yeah. is the third or fourth night. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the third night that Richard Gere's character has shown up at his front door asking, I, like, yeah, basically saying the same thing. Like, oh, my car broke down. I Can I use the phone? Uh, and this makes no sense to Richard Gere because he 
has no idea where he is or how he ended up here. That'd be a good prank to pull on someone. <laughs> Show up at their house at like two in the morning, just some random person for three nights three in a row in with a row. the same excuse, pretending you have no idea who they are. They're like, are you doing the Mothman prophecies thing? <laughs> is that also your Richard Gere impression? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Richard Gere. Uh, Speaking of Richard Gere impressions, uh, if you guys haven't seen it or if, uh, you know, anybody listening to this is unfamiliar, um, you should watch Steve Coogan's impression of Richard Gere, uh, which was, uh, I think it was part of the first season of The Trip. It wasn't in the movie, but it was on the show. And if you just probably Google, like, Steve Coogan, Richard Gere, you'll see it. And it's, like, very funny. It's interesting because I don't really think of Richard Gere as being like a guy with an easy impression. You wouldn't like, think, yeah. but you see like Steve Coogan doing, you're like, that okay. is like spot on. Interesting. Because Richard Gere does this thing that he picks up on his, in uh, his impression where he like will like be mid dialogue and he'll like kind of like look off, off camera at something and he'll kind of smile and laugh at something unrelated like... <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he'll continue with like whatever line he's delivering, and uh, I'm like, wow, that is what Richard Gere does. But yeah, hmm. you you should Google that if you know you haven't seen it or unfamiliar. What do you guys think of Gear? Uh, I mean, I don't love Richard Gear, but I I don't have a huge problem. Uh, Days of Heaven is great. Yeah. Not, not because of him. Yeah, right. I, I would say... I mean, he's fine. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think you could put movie. almost anybody in that movie, yeah. the way that movie is. Uh, do you have a favorite Richard Gere performance? I, I'm trying to think right now. I mean, he's fine. He never offends me anything. I don't go, God, Richard Gere sucks. <laughs> no. But, you know, some uh, of his choices are weak. Um I mean, have you guys ever seen American Gigolo? I, I like American Gigolo, but, mm-hmm. you know, once again... Uh, I've greater. actually... I've never seen American Gigolo. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, God, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of stuck on his Julia Roberts teamings right now. Right. He's he's a fine... Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't think there's really a whole lot about him that... I don't know. He's, he's a very... Uh, I don't want to say forgettable, but almost forgettable, like leading man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, he's in all these movies. But it's, I don't know. think there's ever been a performance where I go, wow, Richard Gere got snubbed for an Oscar <laughs> for that. He's he never really should have been. never been nominated for anything, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Not even for Chicago? No, he was, just, he was the <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, he was that like the only one, one, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's uh, once again, he's fine in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Richard Gere's coming up on the show two more times. Uh, Because we got Chicago and we got Unfaithful, Dennis. Have you seen either of those? I've probably seen Chicago. I think everyone's seen Chicago. I think I've seen Unfaithful as well. That's the uh, Adrian Lyon. Yeah, with uh, Diane Ladd. uh, Lane. Lane. Diane Ladd, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Diane Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, erotic thriller. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to come back for Unfaithful, you're more than welcome. We'll, we'll be getting to that, like, about a year from now. Let <laughs> <laughs> me check my calendar. Uh, yeah, we'll mark us down now. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Richard Gere, I think, is just fine in this movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, he does the Richard Gere thing, which is be a inoffensive, mm-hmm. reasonably he good-looking. He also does this man. weird twitch thing whenever things, like, surprise him. Yeah, he kind of goes... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like his whole body. Yeah. Like, twitches really hard all the time. I feel like he got a note or something when he was a young actor, and he just, like, took that to <laughs> heart and, like, did it forever. Yeah. Yeah. Or he goes, like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if all these nuances are going to pick up on the podcast. podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he goes like this. <laughs> well, trust me, it's, yeah. it looks like vintage gear in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyhow. Vintage gear. Like uh, vintage gear. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, so we've we've met Will Patton at this point, yeah, and uh, we're getting to Laura Linney because, I, and I love Laura Linney, not not necessarily in this, but I love her, you know, usually in everything, yeah, because she's like the local cop who this this part's totally beneath Laura Linney, yeah, like, I agree, she's way too good for, I would say this movie, but also especially this part in this movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's like the local cop who shows up. Is she the sheriff? Is she like the... Yeah, she's like the chief of police. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Will Patton's wife, I think, called Laura Linney. Yeah. Because her husband is holding Richard Gere hostage. Right. With a shotgun in the shower. Yeah, she's Sheriff Connie Mills. Yeah. Uh... Laura Linney, I think the first thing I knew her from was The Truman Show, hmm. which would have been 98. Was that before or after You Can Count On Me? That was a couple of years prior to Truman You Can Count On Me. Okay. Yeah. I saw the Truman Show. You Can Count On Me, I think, was 2000. And then, uh, oh, you know what? Uh, no, Absolute Power was 97, hmm. and I saw that in theaters. Uh, Laura Linney was also second billed in Primal Fear, ahead of Edward Norton. Uh, I did see that in theaters, but I also Richard Gear. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't know anything about Laura Linney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say I didn't really like know who Laura Linney was until probably years later. Like, yeah, tell like, like probably right around two thousand two would have been yeah. the first time I actually like. You know, recognized her name and stuff. Yeah. But she's great in most things she's yeah, 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 she's solid. Yeah. Especially the Truman Show. Especially uh, Mystic River. She is really good in she's, Mystic River. That's right. She's Lady Macbeth in that. She's amazing. Uh, uh, I liked her in Squid and the Whale, though. I haven't oh, yeah. seen that movie in a long time. She's great in Squid and the Whale. Yeah. Marsha Gay Harden's also pretty good in uh, Mystic River. River. Yeah, yeah. But she got she they got might an Oscar have... nomination for that. I think mm-hmm. didn't she? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, the scene where she uh, she sees Sean Penn on the float and she's following down the yeah. street it just kills me. Yeah, some brilliant work. There. That's a movie I've meant to rewatch because I haven't seen that since theaters. Um, we've got we've got an Eastwood episode coming up at some point in this yeah. show. Maybe by then I'll have rewatched it. Um, Bloodwork is Blood the oh boy, is the 2002 Eastwood, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're most excited just to get an opportunity to talk about Eastwood in general. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also uh, excited to talk about Bloodwork, but Andrew's <laughs> very excited. And, about and I know why. <laughs> Bloody Noon, <laughs> uh, Jeff Daniels. 
<laughs> oh, keep going. Uh, Paul Rodriguez. <laughs> Paul Rodriguez. <laughs> Is that really? No. Do I strike you as a Paul Rodriguez fan? Okay. A big fan of El Pollo Loco? <laughs> he did their ads, right? What's Paul Rodriguez's show called? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I remember A Million to One. A Million to One. That's the one. <laughs> that was not a no, show. No, that was a movie. He had a TV show. He had a TV show. Was it, it wasn't just like the Paul Rodriguez Maybe show? it was. Did he have like a sitcom that I don't yeah. remember? I thought he had a funny name like Chewy or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. If there's anybody named Chewy out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, A Million to One they showed on HBO a lot when yeah. I was a kid. Uh, so I saw that a lot. Uh, anyhow, getting back to Mothman Prophecies, unless you have anything to add about Paul Rodriguez. I mean, I'm trying to find the name of his show here. Uh, let's see. It probably would have been like... Mid to late nineties. Maybe I'm just thinking the Paul Rodriguez show. Yeah, you kind of forget how much stuff he just shows up in, like for at least for a while there. <laughs> uh, well, he was born in East LA. Yeah. Um, I'm not even really seeing a show. I don't know. Maybe I'm just missing it. But maybe you're thinking a million to one. I probably am. He's very bad in. Uh, well, everyone's bad in this movie. Yeah. Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Mm. He plays uh, the other extra that's teaching mm. Paul Hogan how to um, be an extra. Yeah. I, I have seen that scene, but I have not seen the whole movie in its entirety. Uh, I watched that movie like three months ago. Yeah. So. I've seen the Now I know what I do with my time. I've seen the scene where in the, they're in the drive through yeah, well, I, Many times. I think I've made you watch that several times. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene in that movie where uh, Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, and his friend from the Outback, who is just some Australian guy who's, like, in three movies ever, um, <laughs> drive through a Wendy's, and he shows his Australian friend who's from the Outback, so he's, I guess, not used to modern amenities, uh, what a drive through is... And, um, they order, like, six, uh, double Burt, like, cheeseburgers from Wendy's, or, or four, and, um, then they, <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever explained on this show, um, they, make, they make up ex- an excuse for why they're ordering so much food, they're like, Stan and Harry will also be dining with us in the car tonight. And then they add, like, two more cheeseburgers onto it. It's a really stupid scene. Um, they just order a lot of food. Yeah, they order a lot yeah. of food, but they're, like, they they think they need to justify it or whatever, <laughs> other than just yeah. eating a shameful amount of fast food in their car like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. We can get back to the Mothman. Yeah, <laughs> getting back to the Mothman. <laughs> the Mothman prophecies from Crocodile Dundee. Um, uh, so, yeah, so Laura Lenny shows up as the sheriff. And, uh, she explains to Richard Gere that a lot of strange things have been happening in Point Pleasant, right? People have been seeing things they can't explain. Uh, so this is where I think the procedural element kind of kicks into mm-hmm. gear, Richard Gear. Yeah. <laughs> um, the high gear. Yeah. Uh, cause from here they, they start to like, uh, interview people in the town, right? And they're mm-hmm. like, well, we heard that you saw 
this strange thing, can you explain it to us? And that's sort of like a montage that happens at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. yeah. He also goes to see the professor who at first doesn't want to see him and talk about. Yeah. I think that's that's a little that's later the, on, yeah. right? Yeah. But doesn't he contact him and the guy refuses to see yeah. him for a long time? I think yeah. I think there's a pretty lengthy montage where he just like visits all the people in the town and talks to them about them seeing the Mothman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, a little later on, he kind of learns what the Mothman may be, uh, and then he contacts this uh, paranormal uh, expert, yeah. um, played by, uh, um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Just have the IMDb pulled up. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin? And not, not Mandy Patinkin. Ben Kingsley? And not Ben Kingsley. F. Murray Abram. And not F. Murray. Um, that would have been cool. Any one of those guys. I'm out of options <laughs> now. Um, Alan Bates. Alan, Alan Bates. Bates. That's right. I did that without looking it up. Uh, Alan Bates is in a bunch of John Frankenheimer movies. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about that. That's interesting. He wrestles Oliver Reed nude in The Devils. <laughs> oh, really? Ah. Yes. You know, their tallywhackers flopping around each other's faces. <laughs> so, quite a sight to see. Yeah. Uh, we talked about, uh, I guess we haven't gotten there in the plot description yet, but Injured Cole. Uh-huh. Uh, you know who does the voice of Injured Cole? Uh, Howie Mandel. Uh, <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I do, just because I, for some reason, know a lot about this movie, that it would be the director, correct? Yeah, Mark Pellington. Yeah, Mark Pellington. Director of Arlington Road. Yeah. Which I actually like. I've never seen Arlington Road. Uh, Arlington Road I have not seen in many years, but I remember it being uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, kind of like I, I a... I think it's better than this, but... Uh, I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kinda, it's kind of like a... I just, maybe it's because the performances I like Jeff Bridges and I like Tim Robbins. Yeah. It's kind of like a 90s um, uh, parallax view, kind of, yeah. if you think about it, right? Yes, in that it's so. like a paranoia thriller. Yeah. Um... I always get um, Arlington Road and Blown Away mixed up in my head. Mm. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say uh, Arlington Road and Apt Pupil for some reason. Uh, no, Apt Pupil is the the singer Nazi movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Blown Away is the IRA Tommy Lee Jones Jeff Bridges uh, thriller. That movie is. Terrible. Yeah. I don't know the last time you watched that movie, but I watched it blown away a lot when I was a little kid, and I thought it was good when I was younger. Mm-hmm. The movie's very bad if you go back and rewatch it. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones does a funny accent, then, right? Yeah. <laughs> very bad yeah. Irish accent. <laughs> so that's like why I want to see House of Gucci. Have you seen the clips of Leto from that? No, he looks it's insane. It's very Mario-esque. Yeah. Uh, like, there's one clip where he goes, It's me, Apollo. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I have to see this movie in theaters right. now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but, uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, we were talking about Arlington Road, <laughs> because that was directed by... Mark Pellington. Mark Pellington. Um... Who's the voice of Injured Cold. Right. Uh... Well, who's Injured Cold, you guys? 
Uh, well, he is another, uh, Andrew Cold is like another mythological figure, correct? The, mm-hmm. the Smiling Man. The Smiling Man. Yeah. Um. If you're not familiar with the Smiling Man, that's a person that's been spotted, uh, sort of, is it like the Thin Man? Like a lot of teenagers say they see this guy who uh-huh. just stands there smiling at them. Right. And, uh. Does he talk to people? Does he actually go up to people? They go uh, to I don't know too much about Indrid Cold. Yeah. Um, this was the first one of these movies, I think, that like was kind of about... I mean, maybe there's another one you guys might know of. That's kind of like about those like early internet conspiracy theories mm-hmm. that spread on the internet. I mean, yeah. we've gotten more. Obviously, there's like the Slender Man movie. I mean, Slender Man. Yeah, and then um, the uh, Bye Bye Man, <laughs> yeah. which is just the Slender Man, right? Mm-hmm. The Bye Bye Man's not a real, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, a real uh, character. And then um, that. Uh, the Empty Man. The Empty it Man. is not specifically based on any one of those, but I think from what I've heard, that movie is very, like, reminiscent of this kind of, like, aura. Like, this, mm-hmm. like, oh, this... I, I've not seen The Empty Man, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, it's a movie we, I think we've referenced, like, three times out in here. Just saying, oh, this, we, like, yeah, we should check that out. Yeah. yeah. You, you've watched it, right? I don't know what that is. Uh, you you told me you watched it. Maybe you can't remember what it is. It's the, the one James with James Badgedale. James. Oh Badgedale. yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I've heard like good it. things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's got a title so generic yeah, you don't it's, remember. It's a terrible title. No, it's it's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard good things about that. Uh, that uh, strikes me as being more interesting than the Mothman prophecies. Though. It was. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the so maybe we should talk just a little bit about the the true story of it all, mm-hmm. right? Now, you do you know anything about Mothman? Did like did you hear about Mothman, Dennis, when you were growing up? No, uh, I grew up in Maryland uh, and Pennsylvania, not not uh, West Virginia, so. The talk was always about the New Jersey Devil and the Blair Witch. Okay. Were the two yeah. things that I heard about as a yeah. kid. Um, Mothman I'd never heard about yeah. and, until the whole Point Pleasant sure. disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, and people started talking about Mothman. Right. So the, the Mothman prophecies, the book, is basically about people seeing this Mothman in Point Pleasant, like, between, like, 60s, like, in the late 60s, right? I, I didn't know it was that early, then I knew, I didn't hear about it. Yeah, yeah, it was 66 and 67. Yeah. Written by a guy named John Keel. Right. And in this movie, as a, as a nod to that guy, the He's, paranormal expert played by Alan Bates is... John Leak. John Leak. Which yeah. is Keel backwards. That's Genius. right. <laughs> I mean, where do they come up with this stuff? But also, Richard Gere, is, his character's name is John Klein, so I think he's also playing like a, well, like he's, there's two sides he's of like that a, coin. He's like a less crackpot version yeah. of John Keel. Like, he's meant to be like this respectable big shot reporter right. guy who 
eventually starts to believe this theory that seems far-fetched at first. Right. That's what the... What happened in Point Pleasant is people would see this Mothman. Mm -hmm. And it all culminated in... Should we spoil it now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's a very old movie that (laughs) no one cares about. It really is the the whole reason to see the movie as far as I was concerned. Right. I mean, I... I mean, I actually didn't... Going into the movie, I didn't know anything about the true story. So I didn't know it ended the way it ended. Mm -hmm. But um, it ends with a bridge collapse. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, the the bridge, uh, the Silver Bridge, which is in Point Pleasant... Uh, on the Ohio River, collapses, uh, which really did happen in '67, mm-hmm. uh, and then I, was it like Christmas Eve. I think uh, in the movie it's for sure Christmas Eve, but I think I read a little bit about it, and it was actually like a little earlier. Like it was maybe December, December fifteenth, okay, nineteen sixty-seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the movie, like, fudges a few details about the bridge sure. collapse. Like, I think more people actually die than in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's weird that they would... Yeah. <laughs> why would they Why would they limit the deaths? <laughs> yeah. You feel like they would go the other direction. Right. Uh, and at the end of the movie, like, spoiler, at the very end of the movie, there's, like, uh, it says the... Um, the cause of the bridge collapse was never determined. That is, like... Absolutely not true. It yeah. was for sure. <laughs> yeah, they determined it, it in 1970. The Mothman. Uh, yeah. yeah, like a uh, faulty eye bar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Stress corrosion cracking in an eye bar. Yeah. Uh, in a suspension uh, chain. Which. Yeah. It's a cool band name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the end of the movie is clearly meant to, like, really creep you out. Which is funny because I don't think that this movie does a very good job of being creepy, despite ostensibly being about something that should be creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it much it's much more closer in tone, like, to the procedural, like, law and order type stuff, at least in mm-hmm. tone, yeah. rather than, like, maybe content. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in reality, I wish that they would have played up the supernaturalness of it and the x files ness mm-hmm. of it. Instead, it's, it's like Richard Gere, like, in his hotel room most of the time, and I was yeah. just, like, bored. Yeah. I will, will say, this is kind of off-topic, but when when I was first asked to be a guest on this episode, uh-huh. uh, I said that I would like to come on as the Mothman. That would be the guest. That's going to come up with the Mothman character. Uh, uh, sure. Have you guys interview me at the time. <laughs> and I was told by uh, my ex-partner, under no circumstance, do that. He said, mm-hmm. because if you do, you're messing with something that will get you. And he very much believes. So, that Oh, that you'd be insulting the Mothman. I'd be insulting the Mothman so, and making fun of that. So people still believe. There are people that believe yeah. this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so why'd you do that to that bridge? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I was gonna do it really. Like, so I well, well yeah, I was gonna say well, wow, Mothman well, sounds like kind of a pussy. Because well, <laughs> I remember you told me that I was like, well, I don't know if we want to go that direction with the podcast, right, and it's right. like, uh, <laughs> it could be fun. But I'm just curious, what what voice would you have done? I was just working on it now. <laughs> I'm choking on this eggnog you gave yeah. me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Boy. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you would have done Injured Cold, or you would have done the Mothman? Mothman. The, I mean, Injured Cold is, is, is Mark Pellington. Yeah. Who else right. could ever right. top mm-hmm. Mark Pellington's stellar work that I don't even remember from the movie? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so here, here's what I'll say I like about this movie is... Uh, I I think it has a pretty good like kind of moody atmosphere for the most part. I think there's like obviously some dated visual uh some dated editing tricks and some visuals that don't really like hold up, but uh, mm-hmm. I I think there's there's some good atmospheric moments in this movie. Um, there's one moment in the movie that really works for me well mm-hmm. until it doesn't. Okay. And it's when gear is expecting, he goes back home because injured cold has told him that his wife is going to be calling yeah, him. His dead wife. His dead wife him. is going to be calling him mm-hmm. and he goes home. And at that moment, the phone starts ringing uh-huh. at the moment that injured cold said it would happen. Yeah. And gear is thinking, should I answer it? Should I not answer it? Uh-huh. And going back and forth. And finally he yanks the phone out of the wall and leaves. Mm-hmm. That worked for me until yeah. the phone the, keeps ringing. The phone rings. Yeah. And I was like, the, fuck, the, why? That's one of the things why? I think this movie overdoes is that it really piles on the creepy moments. Yeah. Like creepy moments in quotes. And it was creepy enough. Yeah. At that, that moment. Because yeah. you're wondering, God, should he answer it? Yeah. Would I answer it? Uh-huh. You know, if that, and if he does answer it, does, does that mean he's buying into this? Mm, you so. know, but then when it plugs out, like, oh, forget this. <laughs> See, I wanted him to answer it, and then it would be that, uh, it would be that one spam call that everyone in the world gets about yeah. your <laughs> car warranty. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, like, this is the Marriott Hotels. <laughs> You've won a million dollars. I mean, you can go any direction with that. It would have been funny to just have it be, a uh, like, a wrong number or, or something. he answers the phone and the other voice says, that's a lot of nuts! <laughs> yeah. Just Uh-oh. That. Call and back we, to the Kung Pao episode. Uh, we, Andrew could edit that and put it on his YouTube channel, just for those two. <laughs> Uh, That's a lot of nuts. I think we've said that on every episode (laughs) since. (laughs) Well, how many episodes have we done? All right. Well, this is only the third. Okay, but I mean, still, that's Uh, a lot of nuts. Yeah. Um. uh, So, what else we have to talk about for the plot of the Mothman prophecies? We kind of like. Glazed over a lot yeah, of stuff. I, but I don't think it's worth it. I really don't think it's all that necessary to go yeah. into. I mean, uh, you he, get gets, the, he gets warnings about things that are happening. One, he mistakes, you know, he's told that people will die in an accident on the river. Yeah. And he thinks it's going to be when the governor is there mm-hmm. that there's going to be a power yeah. plant explosion or something. Um, so everybody thinks he's a crackpot, but it turns out. He's being warned about the bridge. The bridge collapse, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the 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 Mothman, it, like, kind of communicates premonitions to, to people, uh, in this movie anyways. Like, mm-hmm. Will Patton is told that, you know, uh, about various mass casualty incidents, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if that has anything to do with the true story. Beats me. I don't know. 
just like this is a quick uh, tangent, but I did read another article that was on uh, Autobahn.org that basically explains that um, the Mothman that you know people saw back in the '60s was more than likely just a big owl. Yeah, yeah, like, experts were like, yeah, it was probably just this, just a very large barn owl. Mm -hmm. I mean, Um, I don't, I don't think I am the target audience for a movie like this, because I'm so much more, like, skeptical of most supernatural (laughs) things, and I'm not, like, a spiritual person at all. I think, like, a movie like this really is targeting people that believe in this kind of stuff Mm. like so to me it's like this is just a it's just like a bad thriller with like the stupid 90s music video editing of Mm. the like mothman flying at the screen (laughs) and stuff like that and i'm just like which is mark pellington's background in his music video oh it it was it okay okay that's what he was doing before that makes sense uh yeah (laughs) what are some of the music videos he did he did like um uh jeremy right Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that music video for sure. Yeah, he was a big deal, actually. Yeah. He was a real big deal. Yeah, he did a lot of music videos, I think. Um, Yeah, so he he did uh, Arlington Road and then The Mothman Prophecies, and then I don't really know... I don't think he did anything after that. I I think he did some stuff, but I think it was a lot different than those two movies. Yeah. Like, not not thrillers. He did the uh, Luke Wilson movie, Henry Poole is Here. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is, I thought that was okay. That was a sweet little movie. I never saw it. Yeah. Um, he did a movie that looks... Uh, it's not a movie I've seen, uh, but it looks so ungodly terrible that I've always laughed at just the idea of it. Um, it's I Melt With You, that uh, like Jeremy Piven, Rob yeah. Lowe, like yeah. sad boy movie. It, it looks, it looks like, yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. Tom, is Thomas Jane in it? Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Tom, like a like big chill meets uh, very bad things, maybe. <laughs> yeah, art house drama thriller is is how it's described here on Wikipedia. Uh, music, same, same music, uh, as this movie, Tom and... Tom and Andy. Tom and Andy, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, eh, the music was, like, okay at times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, like, early 2000s, like... Moby-esque. Chilled out, yeah. trip-hop, uh, soundtracky stuff. Mm-hmm. Very of the time. Uh... I think the last song was Tom and Andy and uh, Low, like the band Low. Hmm. I remember it. Uh, I'm uh, pretty sure I was asleep by that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Pellington also did something called The Last Word with Shirley MacLaine and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, uh, that's a... a um, why? What's the name of the guy that did a walk to remember? I'm already blanking on his name. Uh, Sparks. Sparks. That's a Nicholas Sparks thing, right? No. Oh, okay. No, no. This I, I don't know what this is. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's you know about a 
a young woman and an old woman together. Ah, it's just Trillin McLean and Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, I thought it was like a rodeo movie, but maybe I'm getting <laughs> maybe I'm getting mixed up with something else. No, I think uh, from what I can glean here, I don't know this movie, but like um, Shirley McLean's dying. Okay, and then Amanda Seyfried's just a younger cat. I remember the trailer for this, yeah. Uh, and then he also did Nostalgia. Yeah. Which Alex Ross Perry wrote with him. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailer for that and thinking it looked terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is interesting because I like Alex, Alex Ross Perry. Yeah, right. Um, it's got an interesting cast. I mean, it's got John, John Hamm. Hamm. Yeah. Nick Offerman, Amber Tamblin, Patton Oswalt, Catherine Keener, Ellen Burstyn, Bruce Dern, my man John Ortiz, uh, James LaGrosse. Mm. James LaGrosse rules. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, good cast, but if you thought it looked terrible, uh, probably was. It did look bad. I never saw it, but it did look bad. Yeah. Well, that's... That's Mark Pellington now. So yeah. that was his last movie was 2018, yeah. which was that. So yeah. Uh, so should we should we just do final judgments on the Mothman prophecies? Can can we talk really quick about yeah. the climax of the movie and how unsatisfying it was for me as a as a fan of disaster movies. Okay, yeah. It's very unsatisfying in that yeah, The bridge collapse is nothing. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. It did lead up. And uh-huh. it's like, okay, well, there for, it is. And yeah. It and doesn't look that good. It's cut badly. And for a movie that wants to be kind of this, like, pulpy mystery sci-fi or whatever... It's a super, like, somber approach to the bridge yeah. collapse, and they have, like, no fun with it, like, yeah. in terms of, like, filmmaking. Like, it's it's just like, oh, bridge collapse, and a bunch of people died. Now I you're just supposed it. to feel like I, shit. I don't care about anybody on the bridge, because right. I don't know them really. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right. The only person... Um, Laura Linney. Laura Linney is yeah. the only character that we know that dies. Yeah. Um, or that could die. Possibly die. Yeah, or, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you though about the tone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's what I, like I've said before, I think what I like about the movie is the, the procedural, procedural element of it and the, the mood. What I don't like about it is I think thematically it makes no sense. Right. Like, I don't know what the movie's about. Yeah. Like, at times it seems like it's supposed to be, like, kind of a a grieving process movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, like, at times, uh, like a, you know, like almost like a serious man, sort of, like, in that it's about things that you can't explain and have to face the mystery. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't. It doesn't hammer home any of those things. <laughs> it's 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 if it's if it's meant to be like a serious man, it's the worst <laughs> possible version of that. Or uh, or like Magnolia. Yeah, okay. yeah, like uh, like Fortean uh, occurrences. Yeah, extremely um, stupid version of Magnolia <laughs> as well. But um, 
yeah, it doesn't really it doesn't really nail any of yeah. the ideas. I think I had the same reaction. There was a maybe my dates are wrong. A Michael Keaton movie that came out about the same time, mm-hmm. White Noise. Yeah, mm-hmm. was that a 2002? That was 2005. Oh, five. Okay. okay. Well, I had the same reaction to that, um, where I was like, well, "Okay, what are you saying? Who yeah. cares?" Yeah. Does this movie remind you of any other movies that came out around this time? Um, I mean, I re- we talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit last week, but. It reminds me a bit of Donnie Darko, which yeah. I think kind of like brings that sort of psychological thriller back into viability in yeah. Hollywood, just because that was kind of like a surprise hit, like indie hit. Um, yeah, and I think it, it tries to go for like a similar, similar yeah. tone, uh, less successfully than Donnie Darko. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what I thought about while I was watching the movie. I just, I just remember thinking multiple times, like, "Well, I'd rather just be watching Donnie Darko again." <laughs> Injured Cold kind of sounds like Frank the Rabbit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, there was kind of like a boom of supernatural thrillers at this time because this. So, The Sixth Sense would have been ninety nine. Which was a huge hit, obviously. And then... Never heard of it. <laughs> and then I think that kind of gave way to the... Uh, what I call the uh, Ghosts with Unfinished uh, Business mm. subgenre. Mm. Stir of Echoes. <laughs> Stir of Echoes. And then, uh, like, What Lies Beneath. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I think we kind of moved into the uh, American remakes of Japanese horror movies. Yeah. Uh, which, Ring. yeah, The Ring yeah. and The Grudge and those movies kind of started the Skeleton to, Key, when was that? That was like 05 or 06, okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah, all those movies started to kind of rule the horror landscape for a while. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to rewatch The Ring. I haven't watched it in a yeah, long time. Yeah, we'll be doing The Ring nice. on this show. Uh... But yeah, this is not really one of those movies. This is not like a ghost with unfinished business movie. This is, I don't know what it is. I think you hit the nail on the head about X-Files. Yeah. It's very X-Files-y. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it'd be much more successful if it was the length of an X-Files episode. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is padding it out to an hour and a half, uh, I lost interest easily, like halfway through. Yeah. And they also just throw in things that, like... They just pile on things that don't make sense. Like, um, I don't know if you remember that scene where Richard Gere goes to the, uh, uh, that's, I don't even remember what it was, really, that, like, rubble site. Do you remember that? Like, probably, like, half in the middle of the movie. Uh, it's like a, like a building that's been destroyed, and he sees, like, a hole inside the building, and he has a flashback to the, the orderly. Yeah, uh, that gave him the They gave drawings. him the drawings uh, that his wife drew. And for some reason, he fills the shape of the hole in the building. Do you remember this at all? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Am I making sense? Uh, and I'm like, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is that what he saw in this moment? I mean, that's that's just a good example yeah, of, yeah, part of the course for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I get that it's about things you can't explain, but that's not an excuse to be lazy. Just throw things in there <laughs> that you know you can't explain. Um, but one more thing I want to ask if you guys noticed. Do you, do you remember that scene where he's in his hotel and he's, like, talking on the phone in, and he's, like, looking in the mirror? Does mm-hmm. this sound familiar at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice that it's out of sync with his movements outside of the mirror? Oh, it, like the mirror was a different reflection. Yeah, like it's moving slower or in different directions. Uh, I couldn't I really have tell. to rewatch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's also the scene where he, like, slams the door, and then for, like, a split second, you see, like, a a figure standing. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Is maybe, like, the Mothman or Injured Cold or... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there's even two... Or it could be a Ted da- da- Danson standing. <laughs> right. <behind> the curtain. <laughs> yeah. I, the fact, to me, the fact that there's even, like, two boogeymen in this movie... Is proof that, like, it's not a good movie. <laughs> because yeah. why does this movie even need Ingrid Cold if it's about the Mothman? Is the, is the Mothman not enough to Apparently sustain not. the movie? Yeah. Uh, Dennis, do you have a grade to give? A the... low C minus. Okay. Yeah, I was actually thinking C minus as well. It, I think the my sort of final thought is that it's not terrible as we've said Mm -hmm. but it's just it's biggest crime to me is just being like wholly unmemorable and not very engaging yeah um despite you know what you guys have just said i'm gonna go just a little bit higher and i'm gonna say c plus only because i've watched this movie so many times and i think there's just there's something to the the process-driven element to it. They can, kind of... Can I convince you to give it a C and not a C plus? I'm going to go C plus. <laughs> C plus is really close to a B minus. It is not I'm, a B minus. It is not I, a B minus. I just, I've just seen it so many times, and I just feel like I can't say I... Uh, a movie I've seen that many times, I can't give a C minus. Okay. So, uh, that's not, where I stand on it. A C. A C. Have you guys... Average. Have you guys seen the Mark Ruffalo movie, the uh, Todd Haynes movie, Dark Waters? Yes. From 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, this movie reminds me of that. <laughs> Except that movie's not supernatural at all. That movie's about, like... And I... You know. <laughs> it's funny, because I think the reason that I like the Mothman prophecies are the reasons that you said it reminds you of Dark Waters. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, Dark Waters is a straightforward yeah. legal procedure. Right. Um, and, and that movie's good. I like that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it. that's like Mothman, if you stripped it of all of the like, <laughs> conspiracy theories, and it was just yeah. about, like, Teflon. Which right. Is, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dark Waters is a good movie. Good Bill Camp performance. Yeah. Is there a bad Bill Camper film? That's true. That's true. That's a very memorable one for me personally. He, I mean, yeah, he's great. Uh, should we do the box office and stuff for this before we move on to storytelling? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had a couple notes here. First one, the co-author of this movie is also the co-author of Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the screenwriter, right? The screenwriter, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the other... 
co-screenwriter of Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, is Matt Reeves, mm. the director of the new Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Did uh, like Cloverfield? Uh, did he direct Cloverfield? He directed yeah. Cloverfield, yeah. The Planet of the Apes movies? He did yeah. one of two of those. Yeah, he, did, he didn't do the... He didn't do Rise of Planet of the yeah. Apes, but he did uh, Dawn of Planet of the Apes War. and War. War of Planet of the Apes. Uh, and he also did a movie that um, that I think I like more than most people is uh, Let Me In, mm, the remake. remake of mm-hmm. Let the Right One In. A lot of people aren't crazy about that, but I thought, I thought it, was, it was fine. I thought it was fine. I mean, I, 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 I think love it's the pretty original. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I judge it against. Yeah. I, I like the original a lot more, yeah. It's got a good Richard Jenkins performance. Richard Jenkins also never does another, uh, Yeah, bad. that's another another guy who's never bad. Yeah. Uh, well, that was my that was my one Bothman note besides box office stuff. Um, this had an estimated budget thirty two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was number six at the box office this opening weekend. Made eleven point two million. Went on to make thirty five point seven million in the states, so just squeaked over its budget. Added another nineteen point four internationally. Went on to gross fifty five million worldwide. Uh, I did think it was interesting that it wasn't released in Hong Kong until two thousand six. Four years, not as weird as the American Pie one, which like came out last year, right in India. Um, <laughs> You look puzzled, Dennis. <laughs> Why? Uh, we tried to figure that out. We figured oh, it was content. Because sensor. much like cows, pies are sacred. Ah. In India. Are they really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, people worship cows and pies. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cow pies. Ah, okay. You had me going. Uh, no, I didn't know where I was going. Not on the place. Um, all right, do you guys have guesses for this movie's score on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I'm going to say it's pretty in the middle. Uh, uh, I'm going to say, like, 50, 52. Dennis, I'm you have a guess. 38. It was 52. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andrew's got to start like missing some of these on purpose. He keeps like getting them exactly right, and I think people are going to think he's looking them up ahead of time. Because you had me guess what day American Pie came out, right? Yeah, and you got it, and I got it exactly right. You got that right. Um, Also, bonus: What do you think the Metacritic score for this movie was? This this is a little harder. Uh, yeah, you never you never really know because Metascore, you know, doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like I mean, uh, it mean yeah. it's a different metric altogether. So sixty one. That's what I was going with. Huh. Fifty two also. Oh, ah, loser. Wow. So this is a, a real fifty two movie. Wow. Uh, well, that's Mothman. Which, yeah. by the way, is a C minus. Yeah. Yep. But I think it's a C plus. <laughs> well, you know. Um
Sorry, Tom. All right. So that was Mothman. We should probably talk about the next movie, which is Storytelling, a film by Todd Salons. I always say Todd Solins. Is it Salons? Uh, uh, I think you could probably say it either way. Todd Solins. Todd Salons. Sure. Do you know anybody who pronounces tomato, tomato? Is that how like English people pronounce tomato? Uh, I mean... I think Rudy Giuliani imitating the Queen would pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So like a dumbass <laughs> version <laughs> of an English person. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Todd, Todd Salons. Okay. Or Solids. Solids. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is his uh, fourth film. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? So Fear, Anxiety, and Depression. Depression. Yeah. Welcome to Dollhouse. Happiness, this. Yeah. Um, so what was your, Dennis, what was your on-ramp to Todd, Todd Solids? Welcome to the Dollhouse. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Uh, I think this might have been the first one of his I saw. Yeah. Uh, I I did see Happiness um, on DVD also. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I saw it before this or not, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Happiness yeah. is a movie that's not available anywhere anymore. It's yeah. how to print on DVD. It's not on any streaming platform. It's not even available to rent uh, on any, like... Any Amazon or anything? That's a crime. Yeah. Uh, I think it was probably like the late 90s. I lived with my grandmother very briefly. Not my great grandmother, but my grandmother. And uh, I stayed in a room that had cable channels, including HBO. And I saw happiness that way. Like I didn't, you, I had no idea what it, I had no idea you what it was. <laughs> Never heard of it before. I just uh, I you remember you were probably the age of Dylan Baker's victims. <laughs> um, so uh, that I want to say it was ninety uh, nine, probably. I saw yeah. Happiness uh, alone in a room well, by myself. Uh, and do you remember on like movie channels at that time when movies would start? They would say. Uh, this movie is rated R for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. This movie was not rated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was not rated for all sorts of reasons. Right. Um, uh, wasn't it NC-17? Uh, it might have been. For some reason I thought it was not rated, but maybe it was NC-17. I, th- I think it was NC-17. Yeah. I saw it at the art theater. Really? Yeah. In, like, 98? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know you know what movie I remember seeing at the art theater? I mean, I've seen multiple movies there, but, like, the one that I think of when I think of seeing a movie at the art theater mm. is Silver City. Which you and I saw together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. A John Sayles movie. John Sayles mm, movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll be able to talk about John Sayles when we get to uh, Sunshine State. Right. Later this year. Uh, like two years from now, <laughs> in actuality, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember seeing Silver City there. I don't know why. That's the one movie when I, when I, that's like the movie I associate with the art theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that and like Intermission, the yeah. Colin Farrell movie. Yeah. I think uh, City of God, when I think an early movie I saw there. Hmm. But, uh, 
uh, that's cool that you saw Happiness of the Art Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that, like, probably 99 when I was, uh, fifth or sixth grader. <laughs> Not old enough to understand any of it. No. Um... But then I, like, uh, yeah, I saw it then, and then I rewatched it, like, a little later when I was in high school, when I identified as, like, a, you know, a cool, edgy mm-hmm. uh, teenager. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a great movie. Um, it is a great it movie. It is a great movie. Happiness is a great movie. But uh, Todd Zollins, I think, was... Uh, a filmmaker that I really like was into when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he had the two home runs with Welcome to Dollhouse and then Happiness. Yeah, and this one has its moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he swings for the fence; he doesn't quite make it. Yeah. So his, his very first movie was uh, in the late '80s, right? Fear, Anxiety, and Depression. Yeah. Which I watched a couple weeks ago for the first time. Hmm. Have you ever seen it? No, I don't think so. Have you ever seen it? No, never have. Yeah, Yeah. it's on YouTube, so you can watch the whole movie on YouTube. Interesting. He's like in it, right? He's the star. Yeah. Um, And it's very much like a a Woody Allen kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, Oh, boy. Pretty different than uh, Happiness or Welcome to the Dollhouse. It's about like a neurotic... Playwright, played by Todd Solons, and uh, you can I w- say it your way, Solon. Todd Solons. I will say he's like uh, very watchable in the movie. I like looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's pretty good, uh, but the movie's not great. Like it's very like Woody Allen light, and. Uh, a very tepid, like, satire of the New York art scene mm-hmm. in the 80s. But, uh, it was okay. Not great. Um, but yeah, he didn't really, I think, find his his way until Welcome to the Dollhouse. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that he took, like, six years off. Uh, That's a pretty long time. I mean, was it six years or was it more? It was 89 to 95, right? He, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 89 to 95. 89 to 95, yeah. And yeah. then after that, he was on a steady three-year between <laughs> yeah. movies because he did uh, Welcome to Dallas, 95, Happiness, 98, Storytelling, 2001. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when that was made, obviously. for It was released very early, yeah. 2002. It was like a, a festival about. movie in 2001, and yeah. then it came out theatrically on January 25th. And then uh, Palindrome's 2004. Yeah. And then he takes a few years off before yeah. Life During Well, I'll ever see As Good As It Gets. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's basically an extra in that. Is he really? Scene. Really? There's a scene where uh, he's, on, he's riding the bus. Yeah. Um, and I think it's... I don't even remember the scene now. It might have been... Does Jack Nicholson have a meltdown on a bus at one point in that movie? I feel like he has a few meltdowns. Well, yeah. in yeah. movie, I'm wondering if it's him or if it's Helen Hunt. I can't remember now, but he, he's an extra. <laughs> he's sitting on the bus. Huh. It's fascinating. No, I am, yeah, I haven't seen it as good as it gets in a very long time. Is yeah. he friends with, like, James L. Brooks or something? I don't know. Maybe. Interesting. Uh, but, uh... 
Yeah, so I was pretty into Todd Salon's at this point, mm-hmm. by the time storytelling came out. And uh, uh, I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it when it came out on DVD, probably a little later on in 2002. Did you, you saw it in theaters, Dennis, but yes. you saw it on DVD? DVD, this yeah. was a DVD one for me as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and at the time, I think I thought it was my least favorite of the ones that I had seen, which would have been Dollhouse, Happiness, and then this. Right. Yeah. I agree. But I still liked it mm-hmm. at the time, yeah. Uh, I think I saw this because I had a crush on Selma Blair mm-hmm. at that time. I mean, I, I guess I still do. But uh, I don't, I mean, I. That was obviously 2002. We've talked about it is when we're getting into like our highbrow shit, yeah, uh, phase. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, this was a movie that was like talked about, yeah, you know, yeah, on, reading all the online critics and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, yeah, I saw this on DVD. I, I don't think I, if if I recall, I don't think I had seen Happiness at this point. Yeah. Uh, definitely not like alone in my bedroom, like in fifth grade, <laughs> watching it. Uh, where you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, let's just talk about happiness for one quick second. Okay. Uh, Dylan Baker, brilliant, great performance. <laughs> great performance. If, just off the top of your head, if you were to rank Dylan Baker, Dylan Baker performances... Oh, it's number one. Number one, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, what would even be a contender? I don't even yeah, know I, if I, there I would be. Anything. I mean, I like Dylan Baker in stuff, but, sure. but yeah. he's not really like... I mean, he doesn't have a lot of roles with as much to chew on yeah. as he gets in happiness. So that's really uh, the the one. His storyline is the best in happiness. Yeah. 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 Uh, and also Philip Seymour Hoffman. Felt, uh, that's what I was thinking, too. But only because Hoffman has the one very shocking scene that just... Uh, and you're referring to the scene where he uh, ejaculates on the photographs and uses <laughs> that as an adhesive to yes. stick on the walls. Yes. I, yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah. I, I, I tried to rewatch this movie, uh, Happiness, uh-huh. after watching storytelling because storytelling kind of surprised me like yeah. on rewatch. Uh, so I wanted to rewatch Happiness. and mm-hmm. That was when I found that it's just not available anymore. Yeah. So. I, uh, yeah, I just re- remember being really disappointed that Dylan Baker wasn't in the sequel. Sure. Uh, which I've actually about. not seen. Oh, I would like to see that, but I've no. never seen it, um, which is Life During Wartime. Yeah. That's the se- I didn't know that was the sequel. It is a sequel. Of sorts. Of sorts. Not in spirit, but of sorts. Yeah. Like, it's got... Well, it has a lot of the same characters. Same characters, and, like... Different actors playing the same characters. Yeah, they're all different actors playing characters that were in happiness. It's it's interesting that Life During Wartime is in the Criterion Collection, mm-hmm. but Happiness, which it's a Fart sequel of, films. you know... Yeah. Yeah. And has a better, I think, a better reputation overall... Yeah. Uh, is not in print at all. I mean, I, I assume it's some kind of, 
you know, licensing issue or something Probably. that's preventing that. But it does feel like a Criterion Collection, like, home run to me. Yeah. Out. It'll probably get a Criterion at I some point. So. Yeah. yeah. So, Solens does that kind of, uh, the sequels that aren't really sequels, like Wiener Dog. Right. Where, like, characters will make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. It's loosely connected. Yeah. Wasn't there was... another Don Wiener movie before Wiener Dog, though? Um, well, the last, uh, Todd Zollins movie I've seen is Palindromes. Yeah. I did not see, uh, Life During Wartime okay. or Dark Horse or... Let's see Dark Horse. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Or we... Oh, I, I... No, I've seen some of Wiener Dog. Uh, Palindromes. Another movie we saw at the art theater. Yeah, we did see that's that right. at the art theater. And uh, I liked it when I saw it. I haven't seen it since. But I liked I it when I saw it. Well, I don't know. I don't really remember what I thought about <laughs> it. I, I remember being kind of annoyed by the the concept. Right. The, like, main concept of the, like, shifting character. Like, the Parnassus of it, as we call it. Yeah. Uh, the main character is played by several different uh, actors. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um... Uh, maybe we should, like, talk just a little bit about his style, or maybe what he's, like, all about. Like, he kind of, uh, his movies are kind of, like, about the dark side of, like, suburbia. Is that... Yeah, I mean, they're definitely satirical. To describe it in, like, a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this movie has some of that really great stuff in the... Second story, nonfiction, yeah, um, which really hit on hit on his like key themes really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So the this movie, the concept is it is two. It's two films, right? Uh, and it was originally supposed to be three. Yeah, there well, was one. There was one that was shot with James Vanderbeek. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the like title of that segment would have been um but yeah yeah, but that was totally it was shot and everything right and i think james vanderbeek's like a college football player struggling with his sexuality yeah and then that was just cut from the movie right and i think like this movie would have worked better with the third story Mm -hmm. because as it is it's very imbalanced like the yeah. nonfiction segment is like three fourths of the movie, basically. Yeah, and I remember, like, as I was watching it, I I thought, like, well, I wish it was either more segments or all the nonfiction. Just get rid of the Selma Blair segment from the beginning, right? Because it, it just felt strange having this like fifteen minute thing and then the rest of the movie is obviously a little more yeah fleshed out right so mm-hmm. yeah i i think i read on wikipedia that uh reports were a little unclear if the james vanderbeek uh segment was its own like film or if it was just a subplot in nonfiction. 
in the Giamatti one. Right, like if it was supposed to be part of that whole mm-hmm. uh, short, or if it, if it was its own interesting short film in the film. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is interesting that, like, because this was right in the middle of Dawson's Creek, right? Like, yeah, it would have had varsity blues. So it's not like Vader Beek was a well-known yeah. actor at this yeah. point. Yeah, and I think it it was a, a sex scene that was cut, right? Like a gay sex scene. Right. So between, like, this and Rules of Attraction, he was obviously very interested in, like, subverting his yeah. persona. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did, uh... So when you guys saw this, when it came out, did you did you like it? I liked I liked fiction. Uh-huh. Nonfiction, it, like you said, just kind of. I was like, well, "What's that? What's that about? Why does? How do they fit together? Yeah, are they part of the same universe, the same world? Um, yeah, they never do come together yeah, no. in any way. Yeah. Like, there's. No, I still don't know how it fits together. And I, you know, to be honest, I like the movie, but I'm still not sure what it's saying. <laughs> Much like Mothman, I, I don't know what he's trying to say here. <laughs> yeah, I think like you look at the totality of it. I, I really don't know what to take away from it. There's moments in the Giamatti segment that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Um, Giamatti's great. And he's fantastic. And um, overall, I like it because of the Giamatti, John Goodman parts. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, if you kind of zoom out and look at the two stories together, I... I he, he kind of loses me with the with the whole structure of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think back then I thought it was a little more interesting as a, like, a meta-analysis because he's, like, critiquing his critics, right? Because, yeah. yeah. like, the in the opening uh, segment... It's like a creative writing class, mm-hmm. and all the students are critiquing each other's works. And I feel like all the things that they are saying are... They might as well be pull quotes from reviews that Todd Solondz was getting for his movies when they were okay. coming out. Like, that they were... Uh, so, uh, who's the Todd Solondz, like, surrogate in that scene? Uh... Uh, nobody, nobody, uh, nobody really. Yeah, uh, I guess I just struggle. I, I, I see that, but I also struggle with like. Wait, who's being criticized in the first scene? Uh, well, um, because it's not so. Uh, it's not so later that uh, Leo Fitzpatrick brings his to be read. Right, blast them. Right, I thought it opened with them having sex. Yeah, yes. so the movie opens with Selma Blair and Leo right. Fitzpatrick yeah. having sex, and then, she convinces him to read his story as is. Yeah, right. Well, because she's not interested in hearing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. no, it's fine the way it is. It's perfect. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, but it's like obviously like uh, overly sentimental. Yeah, you know, Please garbage. Yeah. Uh, and then I get maybe the professor is meant to be, like, kind of the, the, the Solon's stand-in, because she describes his work as uh, um, aggressively confrontational. Selma Blair does? Yeah. 
to Lamar. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Later on, sure. To, no, to Leo Fitzpatrick because she's like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't really like his work because it's too, it's too confrontational. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I feel like is what a lot of critics said about Todd Salons, like in the nineties, right? Like you just like crammed all these like taboo subjects into his yeah. script, so. I don't know. I feel like that's what the whole movie is about, is him just kind of, like, confronting the critics. That's what I got out of it. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, More so in the first segment than the second segment. The second segment is much more in line, I think, with his classic, like... Right. Like, themes about, like... I mean, I think... The second segment is actually, like, a really good, like, sort of breakdown of, like, liberalism in America yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, you've got that that little kid uh, who, who is, like, horror movie character mm-hmm. oh, yeah. in this. He's mm-hmm. so awful. And, you know, at one point he's, like, he's, like, scolding... Scolding his dad, John Goodman, who's great, as he always is, um, saying, like, don't be mean to gay people or whatever. And then he's later, then he's like, he's like telling the maid she's lazy and stuff (laughs) like that. And it's just this, like, this (laughs) dichotomy. She's obviously distraught. Like, why are you crying? I spilled some juice. Why are you crying? (laughs) That scene is so uncomfortable uh, in a way that is really good in a a very Todd Solondsy way. Yeah. Do we have a a favorite performance in the movie? Talking about that scene. Giamatti. Giamatti's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, Giamatti, I mean... He's kind of, he's doing, like, I think what he would, a very similar persona that he applied to, like, Sideways mm-hmm. like a couple years later. And obviously that's a little bit more palatable of a movie to the modern, yeah. or to, to the, the movie-going masses, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say Giamatti also. Yeah. His introduction is so uncomfortable. That's a great phone scene. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> former classmate. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, That's a good way you, to start. Why are you doing this? Stop. Yeah. Stop. Uh, and also, I think he is another, like, stand-in for Todd Zollins. Because uh, Franca Potente, his editor, she's like, do you really like these people? Yeah. Do you care anything about your subjects? Which is another criticism that he got a lot in his reviews. I mean, this had to be a really early English language performance for Franco Potente, right? <laughs> yeah, because this would have been, been one of her first. Just, uh, just right before The Born Identity and a couple of years after uh, Run All Run. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I, I, the last time I saw this movie, I didn't know who she was. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, other performances we really liked from this movie? Well, Goodman's always always mm-hmm. a go-to guy. Julie Haggerty, I, I think she's good, but she's not given enough to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid mm-hmm. that's Scooby. Uh, Mark Weber. Mark Weber. From Snow Day. Okay. And, uh... <laughs> all, you know, 
Yeah, those are the that's weird. a that's a kids movie, Dennis from two thousand. With Iggy Pop, yeah. Uh, that movie's from the, the, like, Adventures of Pete and Pete creator. So yeah. So that, that movie's very similar to that show. So a little subversive? Yeah, it's a little we'll bit. Yeah, it it's, it's it's not very good. No. Pete and Pete's much better. Okay. Um, uh, Mark Weber was also the lead singer of the band Sex Bomb in Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Uh, he's around. He's a guy. He's, I think he's yeah. good. I think yeah, he's, he's good in this he's movie. Good yeah, he's good yeah, in this movie. Sure. Yeah. And of course, the, the young kid. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, I mean, I think that kid's really fucking good in this movie. He's, he's horrifying. Excellent in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you're forgetting is, somebody. Yeah, my favorite performance, hands down, is Lupita. Lupe yes. Ontiveros. Yes. She's uh, friggin' brilliant. And yeah. She always always was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is not with us anymore. Mm-mm. But uh, all, she's also A-plus performance in uh, Chuck and Buck. Chuck and Buck yeah. and A-plus in uh, As Good As It Gets. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's yeah. And she, I get she won an Emmy. Yeah, for um, Desperate Housewives. Um, maybe she, I'm she not was sure. A mother of one of the characters. Okay. Did she get any kind of nomination for Chuck yeah. and Buck? Because if not, she should have. I think she got Independent Spirit Awards. Okay. Stuff she's like that, the anchor of that so movie. Great in that. Uh, um, yeah, I think the scene where she and the kid are talking and mm-hmm. she's crying because of her son and the kid just wants her to clean up the grape juice is probably my favorite individual scene in any 2002 movie we've watched to this yeah. point yeah. Uh, she's great uh, I mean spoiler th- I think this is the best movie we've covered yeah. so far yeah, on this podcast uh, what, what's I, her... as a listener I'd agree <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, what? it's the movie of January I don't yeah. th- I don't think there's any movie that were you to have watched all of them with us that you would have thought was better yeah I don't think there's one no <laughs> um, what, what's her character name in this movie um, Consuelo Consuelo yeah Consuelo I spelled something <laughs> oh god I Consuelo hate that kid so much which is how you know he's so good yeah and by the way dad you should fire Consuelo <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> when, he, when, when his coma he, his comatose brother is there and he just he wants to <laughs> hypnotize John Goodman yeah. <laughs> yeah so that they can go get ice cream <laughs> That kid is great, and I don't yeah. even know his name, his real name. He didn't really act much. I think I looked him up, and there wasn't a lot of, like, credits, yeah, really. He's, I mean, he's like a little omen child. Mm-hmm. Very Damien-esque. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no matter what, they, he was great in this Damien without the charm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Dead-eyed. Uh, but the whole family is weird about the, the comatose son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it's very you know, Scooby doesn't seem to care. No, and, no. Uh, you know, I, I guess John Goodman all, is the only one that's broken yeah. up about it. I, they all kind of care as it relates to them. To them, exactly. Yeah. That kid's name is Jonathan Osser. Okay. Um, his last credit was. On a 2017 episode of the revived Ned and Stacy. 
Okay. Thomas Hayden Church. Revive. I didn't know that, the, that, that it Stacey was revived. Died. <laughs> <laughs> well, that show was not on the air for a long time. Uh, and then I guess, I think they did like a web episode. Ah, I didn't there. realize that show was uh, popular enough to get a revival. I'm not sure it was, but they did one. Uh, yeah, and he did a couple like voice acting gigs, like Recess, yeah. Scooby-Doo. Something called Disney's Lloyd in Space. And then he was... I guess this is the only other thing I would know him from. He played young Adam Sandler in Anger Management. Mm, I did not know that. <laughs> uh, and he did a bunch of TV TV before this. Young movie. Adam Sandler, a sociopath? Because <laughs> <laughs> the kid would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish that this kid had gotten a little more work uh, based on the strength of that performance. Yes. Yeah, like you really could have put him in a horror movie, and it would right? Have been good. Well, this is kind of horror. Movie. Yeah, yeah, a little. Yeah, bit. I mean, this yeah. is horror. His scenes are. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, so should we like describe what happens in the movies, or did do what we say kind of cover what happens? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we can. What? Okay, so yeah. in, the, in the first section, yeah, which is called no, fiction. 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 Fiction yeah. is the first segment. Okay, so Selma Blair is a student of, in a creative writing class. Yeah. He is dating one of the other students who has cerebral palsy. Correct. Uh, he is not making it in the class. Right. People don't like his writing, especially the teacher who just lambasts him. Yeah. The professor played by Robert Wisdom. Yes. Who you may know uh, from uh, The Wire and uh, Face Off, which you recently watched, Dennis. Mm, God, what a movie. Yeah. He plays uh, Tito in Face Off. I don't think I've gotten that far yet. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm in the scene where uh, Pollux and Castor are in jail together. Man, mm. flawless movie. As far as I've gotten, Face I, up, just, I can't ass. bear to turn it on again. Perfect film. All right. <laughs> Discussion for well, another day. Whenever yeah. we do 1997. Agree disagree. <laughs> yeah, anyhow. Uh, we'll do, uh, we'll talk about John Woo when we get to our Wind Talkers episode, and we'll talk about Face Off, which is an excellent... Uh, and also much more worthy of discussion than Wind Talkers. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know, Wind Talkers <laughs> is a weird movie. <laughs> I'm sure we, uh, come up with some stuff to say about that. <laughs> Anyhow, circling back to Robert Wisdom, who plays the professor, uh, I think is good in that first... What did you guys feel about their fuck scene? Um, the Robert Wisdom and Selma Blair. Right. Uh, I, un- I have a hard time watching Uncomfortable, it. for sure. And I know that was his point. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys watch the version with the big red ribbon? See, I, I so, talked to Andrew about this, and I <laughs> thought I remembered seeing it when I saw it at the theater. There wasn't any ribbon. There might have been. To, to my knowledge, that was the only version is with the big red box covering the the scene. I think the, I would have remembered that. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, a sex scene with Robert Wisdom and Selma Blair, and it's obstructed by a red box in every version I've seen uh, that I think was just 
that was the MPAA rating for it, or the, their decision for it. Uh, uh, yeah, he was he was told to make changes, and that was like yeah. his sort of smart ass response. Yeah, we'll just just put a red block over it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm is, sorry, but the red block is not nearly. The, the, what's happening underneath the red block is not as nearly as offensive <laughs> and uncomfortable as the language is being used. It's a... Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, a... Like you said, you're like, what? what is being said with this scene? Um, I... Yeah. I, I really tried to think about that segment, like... Uh-huh. I don't know, it, intuitively, and... I don't know. I it, mean, there's all sorts of... I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm a white guy, so I don't <laughs> know, you know. It's it's interesting that right before that scene, um, Selma Blair, uh, like, goes to use the, the restroom at Robert Wisdom's apartment, and she's getting ready to do whatever. She doesn't know what she's getting ready to do. And she kind of looks at herself in the mirror, and she's like, don't be racist, don't be racist, don't be racist. And you're, like, commenting on... Like, it, it's it's obviously him commenting on... What sort of people have commented relations. on. Yeah. 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 Or what maybe people have said about his films. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I don't... Yeah, I don't like that segment as much as the... I mean, I just think it's a lot less clear. Yeah, I think he he makes his point mm-hmm. uh, in a much more effective way in the in the second segment, and obviously it's fleshed out. Like yeah. the runtime has so much more runtime. Yeah, that you know he can really kind of like you know make it work. Um, so that I guess to me the 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 biggest failing of the movie is its structure. Like it's just it just doesn't like I like this movie and. I'll have a grade that reflects that, but, like, mm. uh, that's easily the thing I liked the least about this movie was just its its bizarre structure. Yeah. And I, I like the performances in, like, across the board, I think, even in non, uh, in fiction and nonfiction. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, who was the, like... Who was the really annoying student? Catherine, I think her name was in uh, the one. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't some Blair find Polaroids of Catherine in? Yeah, yeah. The teachers mm-hmm. suggesting that they've had an yeah. uh, affair. <clears throat> and I don't know what he's saying with that. You know, right? Alexa yeah. Palladino is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I liked her. Um, uh, the two like blonde girls from the class, the ones that really liked Leo Fitzpatrick's story. Mm-hmm. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? They were the only two. Yeah, at first until the professor said that it was shit. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> those uh, those actor uh, Maria Thayer. You guys know her? No, she's like she's an accepted forgetting Sarah Marshall Hitch. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's around. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I wasn't thinking of her as a uh, blonde person. Yeah, she's like she's normally a redhead. Yeah, uh, maybe they were redheads in the movie. I don't know. The other one is uh, 
not really an actress that's in a lot, but uh, Angela Geffels. She's uh, uh, Kevin's sister from Home Alone, the one that says, Oh, yeah. You wrote the French called Les Incompetents. Les Incompetents. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just thought it was cool to see her in something <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so nice to be in a room where people can quote Home Alone so freely. <laughs> what you're talking about? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I love Home Alone. Yeah. I'm actually watching Home Alone tomorrow night. Ooh. Do you not like Ooh. Home Alone, Dennis? It's it's fine. I just <laughs> I, it's I, a different uh, era. I, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Yeah. I grew up watching sure. it as a kid. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a different. Maybe different generation. Generational. What do, you, what do you think of Home Alone 2? Have you seen Home Alone 2? I saw it when it came out and I never watched it again. Do you, do you, then you probably don't remember the part where uh, Joe Pesci does a handstand on a toilet that's filled with kerosene and lowers himself down head first into a toilet while doing a handstand on a toilet. It's like the most acrobatic thing I've ever seen anyone do. And for some reason that's Joe Pesci trying yeah. to put out a fire on his head, but he doesn't know the toilet's yeah. full of, like, kerosene. Yeah. Uh, Every single booby trap in Home Alone 2 would have killed yeah, the yeah. wet bandits. Home Alone 2 is an insane Instantly. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it's got the Donald Trump cameo, too, which oh, like, yeah. really makes that movie, like, insane. I know. Um, mm-hmm. Bizarre one. Bizarre movie. <laughs> Home Alone 2. I know Tim Curry's in it. Yeah. Tim Curry. Is, and is Paul Rubens, or am I thinking of No, I think you're probably thinking your boy, uh, Rob Schneider. Rob yeah. Schneider's in it? Yeah, yeah. he's the bellhop. But why am I picturing Paul Rubens in a hotel? Uh, you're probably thinking of Rob Schneider. Are you thinking of Dunstan Checks In? Um, play a, I'm, I can uh, picture Paul Rubens in like a hotel. hotel oh, oh no! Maybe you know, you're yes, thinking it's in Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He's in the bellhop. Oh yeah. Oh okay, okay, okay. I thought maybe you were thinking uh, Tim Roth in uh, Four, Four Rooms. No. no. Um. Well, uh, storytelling. I I liked it when I liked it back then, and I liked it now. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's worth watching. Uh, yeah, I like it probably about the the same mm-hmm. as I liked it back then. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's got an like you said an interesting structure <coughs> that doesn't you know that doesn't. I mean, I think nonfiction is a lot more resonant. I mean, especially I think even then too because it's obviously it's sort of like touching on Columbine and yeah. stuff like that a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I just, having rewatched it uh, again, I just wish he focused. I think he could have made that an entire movie and it would have been really good. What do you think yeah. of, this, this is kind of an important part of the film, the soundtrack. Bell and Sebastian. Bell and Sebastian, yeah. 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 Uh, Much more impressive than Tom and Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, the soundtrack, I've, I've always remembered that opening credits uh, score. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, it's a good soundtrack. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bell and Sebastian was a band I really liked, like, 
maybe not in 2002, but shortly thereafter. was They were like a band I really was into there for a while. So, yeah, I think storytelling kind of like stayed in my mind just because of them. Yeah. For longer than I would have expected. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would say this is a, a good movie. Best movie we I've watched so far in this uh, Odyssey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd agree. I think it's a B, and the performances elevate it to A-. minus. All right. Because of the performances alone, I think, are make it very worthwhile watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, especially Lupe and Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kid. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm also just a sucker for John Goodman whenever he's in that, like, teetering on the brink of rage mode, yeah. mm-hmm. which he is in this entire movie where he's, like, literally about to fly <laughs> off the handle at any moment. Yeah. Uh, I'm always yeah. I'm always into that, so. Scooby, dinner! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, John Goodman rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys, did you guys see the second Cloverfield, the one where he's yes. like the star he's, of that? Yeah, he's so good in that. Yeah, movie. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I didn't love that movie, but I thought it was no. But I he was good. He was yeah. amazing in that movie. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I thought that that movie was not great. Terrible ending to a movie. I remember that just because they tied it into. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was when they had to tie it into the first movie. <laughs> um, who did direct that? I actually can't remember. Hmm. Not, not Matt Reeves. Better than the third Cloverfield, that's for sure. The I heard that was terrible. David, <laughs> David O. Yellow yeah. one. Uh, I watched some of that. Or you know what? I did watch that whole thing. Yeah, you're right. It was not good, but uh, better than Life with Jake Gyllenhaal, which Basically I saw. The same movie. Which I saw around yeah. the same time. <laughs> Similar plot. Yeah. Uh, Life, I kind of really hated. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane was directed <coughs> by Dan Trachtenberg, who has never directed a movie ever again. Hmm. Huh. He's direct. I I think he was just. He might have even been like an assistant director, like a. He's like an Abrams guy, maybe. Ah. I don't know. Um, yeah, he he's done like an episode of The Boys, the Amazon show, mm. an episode of Black Mirror, so. He's he's still around, but yeah. hasn't done a movie since. If it was his first movie, it was pretty good. <laughs> for I mean, I guess. Yeah. I feel like he was just a for-hire guy. Yeah. Uh, which I think it makes the John Goodman performance like even more impressive, because yeah. the rest of that movie is so generic. Yeah. Uh, but as far as storytelling goes, uh, I would go uh, B+. Plus. Yeah, yeah I, B B plus was about where I was going to land. Too. Yeah, um, yeah. Fiction is is a pretty great nonfiction. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Nonfiction is a very, is a pretty great uh, segment. Yeah, uh, fiction is okay, not great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I I, I just don't see how it fits in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How they how they're tied together? I it's a, they're it's, two separate. Things, mm-hmm. yeah. This is a movie. I, I I don't know if it exists on the DVD, but it's a movie I wouldn't mind watching with commentary. 
Um, I, think, I didn't watch I think, it on DVD. I think there it. is a commentary. I can't. I'm not positive, but I think there is. Um, yeah, I watched it on Canopy, the like library streaming service. So I didn't have access to any features, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, it's a movie I wouldn't mind hearing him talk about. Yeah, just because also like guy like Todd Solins like has such weird <laughs> fucked up like themes and stuff in his movies. Like I just want to hear him talk about it. You yeah. Know? He gives good interviews. He's got good. If you like YouTube search, uh, interviews with him, you'll find some good ones. Like with him and Conan who appears in the film. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. He's yeah. not a good actor. No. <laughs> I mean, he's good at I the, love the Conan, Conan thing. I yeah. love Conan. I, you, know, you know, I've worked with him uh, twice. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Really? I don't have to drop any names or anything, but yeah, Conan. Was he a nice guy? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's cool. Yeah. I love hearing um, that about people like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, B-plus for storytelling. So, two B-pluses yeah. and an A-minus? Well, no, I said a B... For the movie, the the performances, which brings it down to a B plus. Oh, okay. okay, so B plus okay. is across the board. B plus yeah. is all around. Uh, yeah, so still not my favorite of his of Todd Zolens's films, but it's a good one. Uh, I'm sorry, which one is your favorite? Uh, I would probably go with Happiness. Okay, yeah. All right. uh, you I would probably that. go with Welcome to Dollhouse. Yeah. I, so that makes me laugh every single time. Yeah, I gotta rewatch. That's highly quotable. Yeah, I gotta rewatch Welcome to the Dollhouse, but I have to watch that for the first time. Ah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, one. you should see it. Uh, that movie is streaming. Like I, I can watch yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I am kind of intrigued because this is the first time I've watched a Solins movie since 2004 when we saw Palindrome. So yeah. It's not really a director I'd thought too much about until very recently. So. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not as hot as he was in the this like, era, that era, yeah, right? Like when late nineties, early two yeah. thousands. But yeah, yeah, happiness has uh, nostalgic value because I watched it when I was a fifth grader. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing that you aren't more of a freak than you are. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, saying a word. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there we are. We talked about Mothman prophecies and we talked about storytelling. Uh, we've got a little bit of business before we wrap up oh, on yeah. storytelling. Yeah. Uh, there's no budget available for this movie. Okay. I would imagine it's not huge. No. Everybody no. worked for free. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh, this movie made $73,688 yeah. its opening weekend. It only opened at four theaters, so that's pretty good for four theaters. Yeah, and you saw it at one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if I saw it at the opening. Uh, uh, it ended pro- up making... Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up making $921,445 mm-hmm. uh, in a total of 40 theaters. So this was only shown 40 theaters. at super limited run. Uh, internationally added another 400,000, so it made like 1.3 million worldwide. So okay. Not a, no. not a big theatrical movie. Uh, what do you think this movie scored on Rotten Tomatoes? Because I guess we didn't really, like, get into, like, 
critical yeah. performance at all. So. Uh, I don't remember it being super well-reviewed, and I definitely right. think it was less well-reviewed than yeah. Welcome to the Dollhouse I and Happiness. I could see being angry with him um, mm-hmm. over it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, like his right. fuck you to yeah, the critics. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it was, like, poorly reviewed. I would say it's somewhere... In the, in Mothman territory, uh, which is uh, fifty six, I will say is the the tomato score. Dennis, do you have a thought? Sixty. Sixty. It's fifty three. Ah. Almost exactly the same as Mothman. Wow. Uh, and then the meta score, Metacritic score, guesses. Uh, fifty three. Sixty nine. 50. Ah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's lower than I would actually, if, if you're listening to this, watch storytelling. It's yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. 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 It, it, easily the best movie we've watched so far. But yeah. also, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because we're not approaching it from the perspective of a film critic in the early 2000s yeah. where they were... Uh, more sacred cows or whatever, but yeah, uh, yeah, this is good. It's a good movie. This um, is good. Not gr- not great, but it's a good movie. No, uh, yeah, I would say the Giamatti. Uh, say I, I keep calling it that. Nonfiction. Yeah, uh, is for sure worth your time. Yeah, and if you have a library card, you can watch this movie for free on Canopy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's about it for this episode. Uh, anybody have any? plugs they want to do. Dennis, anything to plug? Mm, by the time this comes out, it'll already be over, so no. Okay. <laughs> it's a live show. Oh. So no. No. No plugs. No performances. No, that's happening before the show comes out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I heard you were in something called the Verlaine Agenda. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Uh, oh, was, that's right. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. What, what was that Academy Award nominee's name again? Oh, that actor. Uh, yeah, Ted. What is his name? Ted Bellows. Ted Bellows. Oh, Ted Bellows. Terrific. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Terrific. What, like, a, what like, a range he does. He does barking really well. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him in two things, and he barks in both movies. Yeah, acclaimed film star Lincoln Ashcroft. Yeah, really Lincoln Ashcroft. Of that, yeah, that joint. Yeah, and Lucky Buner. <laughs> yeah, like, Lucky Buner. Yeah, is there. yeah. Uh, uh, might as well. I, how did I yeah. get Lucky Buner? <laughs> how did I get the one that doesn't sound like a real thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this, you're like, what? What are they talking about right now? We, we, I, we can link this on the show page. Yeah. Uh, we uh, should, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so I do these, uh, a little series called Classic Film Trailers of the 1970s, which are uh, style parodies of movie trailers from the 70s. And uh, the most recent one I did was called The Verlaine Agenda, uh, which is like a, a conspiracy thriller like a paranoia movie. Alan J. Pacula film. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, about a reporter who uncovers a uh, uh, conspiracy, political conspiracy, uh, and everybody in this room was in it. Yeah. That's right. Dennis was in it as uh, Ted Bellows, 
slash uh, Harvey Sharp. <laughs> Dan was in it as uh, Lucky Buner slash Carl. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, now, when you say the slash, they're not the people aren't playing dual roles. They are playing roles of actors, right? Playing these other correct, roles. Yeah. yeah. So I was Lucky Buner <coughs> as Carl. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then a ton, ton of other great actors like mm-hmm. Travis Ledbetter. Travis, I think, gives the performance of the trailer, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, just talking about making an impact with one line of dialogue, he nails that. Yeah. Well, it's it's more than the, the dialogue. It's the... Uh, <laughs> it's the hand gesture, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll definitely, you know, we're going to Yeah, we'll link it. Now. If you want to see us in a, a short film thingy, uh, you can. I could also probably like find the dog the water copper stuff. That's on my YouTube. Yeah, people just have to search dog the water copper on YouTube, and mm-hmm. you can see uh, Andrew in a shower filmed by me, like an inch away. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then then our friend Brian yeah. comes in and punches his lights out. Yeah, Brian, who's also well, in. Brian does a good job in Berlin Agenda too. Yeah, he's. Uh, uh, Martin J. Martin Schilling, Schilling yeah. as Detective Fitzhugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wears wigs really well. He does wear a good wig, yeah. 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 We joked that he would just start wearing that wig. <laughs> <laughs> and the next time we saw him, he would just be wearing it and yeah. act like nothing was weird about yeah. it. Uh, well, maybe this is a little inside baseball, but uh, Brian and... I mean, this whole thing is inside yeah, yeah. baseball, so... <laughs> Brian and Dustin wore the same wig. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. How the magic was made. Yeah. Uh, So that's something you can watch if you want to see the people that you're listening to uh, act in a short film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Did you guys talk about Crocs last week? Uh, We didn't, but... (laughs) No. Yeah. Gotta get that Croc sponsorship. Yeah. You gotta get, like... I don't know, like uh, Brooklyn in sheets, uh, uh, manscaped codes. Yeah, get, get those in there. Uh, Bomba socks. Yeah, yeah. What's one of those meal? Uh, oh, meal Hello fresh. Hello fresh. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Hello fresh codes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hit us up to, if there's any employee of one of those companies that uh, likes. Uh, 2002 movies. Yeah. yeah and remember, if you're listening on uh, iTunes, uh, go rate and review. Yeah. Well. I, that was going to be my next, that was going to be my final yeah. plug. Rate, uh, review, and subscribe. Yeah. Even. No, there's no way if I'm listening to it on uh, Spotify, I can't rate and review. No, there's no, no review, there's no review thing on uh, Spotify. Uh, but I guess if it, this does pop up on your Spotify wrapped uh, at the end of the year for your top podcasts, uh, send us a screenshot. That'd be cool. Yeah. See. Um, but yeah, please review us on iTunes if you can, with five stars preferably. Uh, not to influence your reviews. Uh, and if you do review us and send a screenshot, I will send you a random celebrity uh, picture that I have saved on my phone. And trust me, I have a lot of them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot of Al Pacinos and wigs just ready to go. Very nice. 
Uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week with another episode, and we will be talking about A Walk to Remember. Mm-hmm. We'll have a, a guest for that episode. That'll be our first non-Dennis guest. Yeah, non-Dennis Ooh. guest. I mean, unless he wants to come back for that. Oh, wait, too. I know who it is. I take it back. Okay. I love your next guest. Yes. Uh, Cat Connors Madden will be joining us to talk about A Walk to Remember, a movie I have never seen. You know, Richard Gere was in a Nicholas Sparks' Knights in Rodanthe. Oh, that's right. A movie I've never seen. I've also never seen uh, any Nicholas Sparks film. Yeah, I think this will be my first uh, as well. I've maybe seen a little bit of Message in a Bottle when I was... You've like, never seen Notebook. Never seen the Notebook. I uh-huh. find that hard to believe. No. I, uh, someone, someone said to me, like, oh, I can't believe you guys haven't seen A Walk to Remember. And... I told them, I was like, we were ninth grade boys when that movie yeah. came out. We didn't have girlfriends. Yeah, Manny Moore and uh, Shane West. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew carried a binder of his movie reviews around. Like, oh, my God. We, we weren't, like, going on dates to see a walk to remember with anybody. I think so. I would have beaten you guys up. <laughs> I, yeah, I would have I encouraged it. Yeah, kick my ass. So man. if I walked up to you, Dennis, and I was like, hello, check out my review for uh, okay. the Mothman Prophecy. I would have smacked the notebook out of your hand, and then I would have grabbed your underwear and given you a wedgie. Ah. Well... That's uh, that's about it for this episode. That was the Mothman Prophecies and Storytelling. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Adios. God Adios. God bless us all, everyone. God bless us. Yeah, it's almost Christmas. That's yeah. A, yeah, that's a great Christmas reference. We gotta talk Christmas movies soon. Yeah, we'll do a Christmas uh, ranking or something like that. Uh, do you want to leave us with a injured cold impression, Dennis? <laughs> I, I only do Mothman. Oh, Mothman! Yeah, injured cold. Well, go ahead and say goodbye as the Mothman. Okay. Well, goodbye, everybody. It's me, the Mothman, flying away. It kind of sounds like Tommy Lee Jones in Blown Away. He's <laughs> the Irish guy. <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Adios. <laughs>